Hey everyone, it's Jeremy. Uh, quick note before the show starts, we had some audio difficulties in this episode. Uh, it was recording during a time where I was having this weird issue with my mic that would make this horrible crackling noise. So it's annoying, it's not unlistenable, and it kind of comes and goes. So there'll be blessed moments of silence and then it'll come, sneak all right back in. It's still a great episode and unfortunately I didn't really have a backup to work from. So this is what it is. I promise I've already listened ahead. The next few episodes are fine. So in the meantime, enjoy this one. <clears throat> Carry on my wayward son. I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. And I'm Stephen Veyu. This is Monster of the Week, the creepy but necessary podcast based on the Supernatural TV show. Here to finish out Season 1, the last two episodes of Season 1. How do you guys feel about that? Chris, you go first. What, you know, what's your I'm, feeling going I'm, into this momentous occasion? This It's hunkier than ever. Uh, the stakes are high. <laughs> <laughs> We're really, really uh, hitting the stride with this show. It, it's really forming into what it's going to be in the future. And yeah, above all, just you know, hunks on hunks. Hunks mm-hmm. on hunks on hunks. Steven, any follow-up? Uh, no, Chris definitely uh, stole my thunder on that. I was going to make a hunk joke. Thanks, man. Uh, no, there's lots of there's lots of uh, real good-looking dudes. Uh, there's a good-looking chick. I don't know. This is getting weird, guys. I like these two episodes a lot, though. So, um, yeah. Yeah, let's um, I I am way into these episodes, both of them. So let's let's just get to talking about them right away. Steven, why don't you hit us yeah. with the first so far? Sure. So previously on Monster of the Week, Dean gets a chance to face off against a creature that threatened Sammy while they were children. Sam gets a super awkward makeout session while Dean deals with a haunted painting, and the boys finally team up with Dad against a group of vampires that happen to have a very important hunky gun. <laughs> there are people actively making edits to my notes. <laughs> uh, Taking a page from Chris and just typing in the word hunk whenever I can. So. It's so these two episodes are so hunky it's literally bleeding into our notes right I now. I think I maybe true. went fifteen years of my life without thinking or saying the word hunk. Uh, until we started this podcast. <laughs> well, you know what? If that's all we inspire, mission accomplished. All right? Yeah. <laughs> Just in case anybody thinks that like that we talk like this in our normal lives, I don't remember the last time I've said the word hunk outside of well, this podcast or our the, DMs about this podcast. Like, that's the it. Prob- the problem is, though, it has started to bleed into my common vernacular, and it's not good, guys. It's, it's a, a funny problem. word. <laughs> it really is. Uh, enough uh, enough uh, a hunk uh, chat. Let's get into the meat and potatoes, all right? Steven, if I didn't know you, I'd want to hunk you. Woo! (laughs) Anyway, Chris, why don't you, uh, let's, real quick, uh, before we get into, I guess before we get into the meat of the episode, uh, let's just say thank you to all of our listeners for for keeping up with us this far. Yes, thank you very much. an absolute blast to record, and I'm, I'm hoping that you guys are having as much fun listening to this as we are watching the show and recording the show. Um, if you have feedback that you want to talk about, you want to give us questions or prompts or ask us anything about Supernatural or I guess anything, you can just, we'll open it wide open. Um, you can yeah. email <laughs> monster of the week podcast at gmail.com. You can also DM us on Twitter at M O T W cast. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages that I don't really do anything with. So good luck on those. <laughs> um, basically any way you want to get in touch with this, we're going to have a feedback episode. We will read your comment on air. 
And I believe that we've talked about this in the past that we're going to be covering a lot of the special features and kind of extra stuff for season yep. one on that feedback episode as well. So thank you for all of that. And now I'm sorry, Chris, I didn't mean to interrupt. Please give us these lovely written <laughs> Stephen <Bayou> you <laughs> episode synopses. Honestly, one of my favorite writers, Stephen. Uh, um, <laughs> okay. Episode one or I'm sorry. Season one, episode 21, uh, salvation. Here we go. Meg's back and she wants the gun. So she starts killing John's old friends one by one until he agrees to hand over the weapon even if it means leaving his sons alone to battle the demon that killed their mother. That wasn't that funny. That was just pretty straightforward. <laughs> that was actually a pretty decent synopsis. Like this is yeah. going to give us like right into oh. right into what we want about the show. Uh, this just wait till be... just wait till next episode. That synopsis is garbage. So. I'm not looking at it until we get there. So I'm going to keep that a secret. But uh, this is probably the most story heavy episode that the show's had so far. Am I wrong? No, no, this is, this is really, really good. Like, um, at the end of the episode, end of the last episode, like we, we've teamed up with dad, like Steven mentioned. And, uh, like, so at the beginning of this one, like dad is, well, we're not going to quite get there. We have a cold open, but like, I I love all of this. Like dad's laying out everything about the demon that he knows they're forming a plan to kill the demon. Somebody throws a wrench in the plan. They have to like react on their feet and they do so like, this is some like hardcore hunter shit at the same time. I am into all of this. Like, this is just fucking great. Yeah. It's pretty much just. Pedal to the metal for the rest of, you know, these next two episodes. Like, they kind of don't stop. And the show really does a good job of every season kind of ramping up to these last couple episodes being something, you know, like, they really keep the tension and really draw you out. Like, uh, I couldn't imagine watching this from week to week. Thankfully, I had the DVDs and stuff when I first saw this, these first couple seasons. So I didn't have to wait uh, weeks on end to see how things turned out, because that would suck. <laughs> it did. This almost there. feels like a series finale <laughs> rather yeah. than a season finale. Because watching it for the first time, I remember thinking, like, where are they going to go from here? Because mm-hmm. the stakes are just so high. It doesn't see, like, obviously they keep going and going and going and getting higher and higher but like it doesn't seem like this feels like the end of the show that's how important it all well, feels and it's awesome also before we get too far off the beginning of this during the uh the previous line previously on for this season mm-hmm. uh this is when wayward son uh comes on is during this and as much as I like the song that's in the next episode, Wayward Son just works for these montages and like getting yep. you amped up for what is going on so well. Like they hit on something like it, it had to, I can't, you know, maybe they were listening to that song like, man, that would sound really awesome over a montage of cool hunter stuff, but it works so well in this episode. There were so many lyrics in that song too, that I just never associated with the show itself. And of course I don't have the lyrics in front of me, but it's just, just like, of course, you know, carry my wayward son. It fits well for these two boys, and they're looking for their dad mm-hmm. and all that. Um, but there is lines about, like, like, you know, I hear the voices when I'm dreaming, things like that. that like specifically yeah. tied to these two boys that I didn't consider for years. I knew that song forever, and I listened to it after watching the show. But it was only, you know, until several seasons later that I was like, oh yeah, this this ties in pretty pretty heavily. Almost. Yeah, I, I can't not hear this song now and not think. I can't hear this song now and not think about Supernatural. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah, and this is kind of weird. Like uh, I, I had just assumed um, that "Carry On My Wayward Son" would be the like opening montage because uh, for those out there that aren't watching the show or that haven't kept up or that are watching along with us, um, usually at the the last season on the last episode of the season, the season finale, they do a montage and it's always rad and it's always great to set to "Carry On My Wayward Son." Uh, this first season is different. They do that on the penultimate song episode, 
The last episode has some Rush song that's great that we hate. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this, I would say, like, like this, like if you watch this like two and a half minutes or however long it is, and go like, nah, I'm not interested in that, then you should not watch Supernatural because it sums up everything you would want to love about Supernatural. Like, it shows you everything you need to know. It's all of their like cut together stuff is so good, and that's gonna main. It's gonna remain that way. Like even in season twelve, like they're still killing the the road so far stuff. It's great. Yeah, it's also, really really awesome. <laughs> I'm just gonna put this near now to date this podcast. They just announced season thirteen of Super. Yep. Yes, season thirteen. So, so we got our work cut out for us. <laughs> it's, uh, it's ironic that as soon as we cover the first twenty two episodes, they went ahead and announced another twenty two episodes. I hope that we can keep up this pace for the rest of our lives. <laughs> like we're just. <laughs> Come on, CW, let's do this. <laughs> Eventually, Sam's going to be bald, and it's going to be weird. <laughs> now, a, a demon would have possessed him and shaved off his hair as a prank. Oh, yeah, like, that's, that's, that's definitely yep. a Crowley mm-hmm, thing to do. Mm-hmm. Spoilers. Are we ready for uh, the cold open here? Yeah, this is this is let's really good. Um, Meg walks into this church and starts kind of talking to this preacher, and um, immediately, like... They've set Meg up so well. I think I mentioned this in the last episode. Like, she's very creepy. She's very scary. She's obviously very tough. They threw her out of a window, and she's still walking around. And um, the way that she starts talking to this preacher and being kind of insincere with them is really unsettling and, and creepy. Yeah. It's also, really uh, I don't think we've gotten a confirmation. Like, I think this is the scene where it is confirmed that she is a demon, right? Yeah. Because like, they, they just think she's a her, person. Yeah. They're not really sure what she is, and this is where she finally does. We, I think we've been saying this whole time that she's a demon because mm-hmm. she communicates and works for demons, and we already mm-hmm. knew. Um, but this is where she finally shows her black eyes. Uh, and yeah. that's why the boys are so concerned or confused later on when they see her, and they don't, they don't get it. Like, no, we already we took care of her, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But this scene, it's like she walks into this big empty church with just the pastor there. Is this, is this Pastor Jim? Is this John? This is Pastor Jim. Yeah, this is actually Pastor so, Jim, yeah. It's almost we don't we don't know that yet, but we, that's yeah. this is definitely Pastor Jim. But it's almost a sense of like dramatic irony. I mean, that's a little bit extreme, but to call it that. But uh, it's just this one pastor standing alone in this empty church, and it's a beautiful shot. And then you see Meg and her little like red leather jacket come in, and she's acting so sweet and normal, but you know what's going to happen. Like you don't yeah. know specifically yeah. what it is, but it's not going to go well. I like this too because uh, when she flashes her eyes at him and she does like, she goes through like a long winded like villainess routine with mm-hmm. all this stuff and then eventually flashes her eyes. Pastor Jim says, I know what you are, which if, you, if you've been followed up to the show, like you're like, oh wait, he actually knows what this is? Like who mm-hmm. is this guy that knows this? And then the next scene we see him like run in to a room, bar the door, and there's just a wall of guns. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's awesome. <laughs> it's not even <laughs> hidden. Like he doesn't even open up a cabinet. Just in this r- accessible room in the church, he's just got a wall of firearms like god bless america that nobody said like what the hell's going on with this he also he says this is hollowed ground you can't be here and she says something to the effect of like that might work in the minor leagues but not with me um and up to this point we don't since we don't know anything i didn't i I don't know what that suggests as if she's supposed to be you know upper well i mean that's how how they take care of the racist truck actually yeah they have it right over hollowed ground and like that's they keep saying that uh, and stuff like that. So I think they have set up that that's pretty important, and like you know that totally works. But then like she's like, nah, this, which at, you know at a certain point all of that stuff just becomes meaningless because it never works. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um. But like at this point in the show, it's like, oh snap! Like this is uh this is real bad news. Um. 
it plays this on the first- shows the, the shows like basic format yeah. right like because it's mm-hmm. they've been the entire season they've been they've been hunting down uh, mythology myth- mythological characters like urban legends and one of the like prevailing urban legends is like a lot of bad shit doesn't happen on hollowed ground like that or mm-hmm. hallowed ground i keep saying hollowed ground like it's a Dark yeah. Souls character it's not the same thing <laughs> yeah. hallowed ground is the thing to say um, and then to immediately like just invert that to take that away from the viewer and like oh wow these dudes can go anywhere and that's mm-hmm. scary yeah they've it always kind of go, sorry go ahead, go ahead. Uh, they've taken down you know wendigos ghosts vampires uh, uh they've killed a god a pagan god uh they've even yeah. exercised demons before but just in this scene they start to really establish that what we're going to be dealing with especially in these two episodes is beyond what the boys are used to yeah, and I can't remember exactly what I was thinking up until this point, but I do remember thinking, okay, Meg is something that is way worse than what they've ever faced before because she can control the Deva, and apparently she she knew what she was doing. Like, she got thrown out of the window and all that stuff like that, and then she, she had the Deva go after them again. So them flipping over that table didn't actually, you know, rip her power o- o- away from them, you know, and all that stuff. So Perfect. you know that, yeah. yeah, so you know that, like, she is bad news either way. And then, so th- I think that this does a really good job of setting up demons uh, for the next few seasons because she's such a good villain. And then it is revealed that she's a demon. You're like, yeah. Oh, okay. That is really what a demon can do. Like these are real bad dudes. And our ultimate big bad here is elevated just automatically because we know that she's, you know, his, his lackey, basically. Like, we know that he, mm-hmm. she's been taking orders to our ultimate dude. So, like, it makes him, who is completely unknown and, and terrifying at this point, like, even more so terrifying. Yeah. Just all around good stuff. Like, the way that they have, the, the way that season one treats Meg, I think, is 100% perfect. Like, it's just great. So, uh, the preacher runs downstairs to his gun shack. Uh, Meg busts in using like her supernatural strength. Like she just kicks down the door that he had barred. Um, and then she just like straight up, uh, well, no, there's a bit of a conversation where you know, they go back and forth and she says, you know, I want, I'm looking for the Winchesters. I haven't seen the Winchesters in forever. And then she just straight up slices his throat. Like, yeah. no question. and, um, it's this kind of stuff. And we, we've seen it a couple of times with Meg and we've seen it a couple of times with the boys too, that, that instant action like that, like just not even waiting for the typical, like back and forth, yep. like, and just executing yeah. somebody, mm-hmm. even though pastor Jim, wasn't a major character up to this point. Like he had been referred to several times. We just haven't seen him or seen anything about him. Still is very affecting. I was like, Oh shit, this yeah. is serious. Like people, people are dying. On yeah, TV, especially like, there's always a back and forth. There's always yeah. way more of it. And she doesn't hesitate at all. She's just like, yeah, okay, whatever. You're not going to tell me what I want. You're already being a pain in my ass. You're dead. That's it. And from here, we switch over to uh, the, back to the Winchester or to the Winchesters for the first time in the episode. And um, this is a really, really nice scene. John is explaining to the boys like everything that he's learned about this demon that's killed their mother. He explains that um, it's he's been able to track it using these demon signs because these very specific signs will start appearing around. Yeah, he's tied Sam, like, weather he's, patterns into it. He's gone weather patterns, everything. Yeah, it. like like John is going above and beyond the call of like a, a normal hunter here. Yeah, like, this is great. Yeah, I'm and really like, like and it, it turns out that like all of those omens were took place in uh, Lawrence just before. Uh, you know, like yep. two weeks or whatever, leading up to their mom dying, and so he knows, like he knows, he is on the trail of this thing, and he hasn't been able to get there to mm-hmm. get there in time either. Every time he he starts tracking down these signs, it's always too late. He hasn't been able to save anybody. It's been twenty two years since it happened because I think Sam is supposed to be twenty two. He's a six month birth six month birthday, whatever. Half it's not a birthday, you know. Um, and only the year previous to this did John finally catch on to the trail of the demon that he's looking. 
It took him mm-hmm. 21 years of doing this to finally find what he's looking for. That's insane. And, and really, the only reason that he's that he gets anywhere near the demon is because what is going on. Like, we don't know exactly what is happening with Sam and his powers and everything like that. But him developing these powers is getting the demon interested in getting closer to Sam. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, obviously, we don't know that kind of stuff yet. But I, that's the ironic part is John probably would have never found the demon if it wasn't for Sam developing these powers and then looking for their dad at the same time. Like, that's yeah. what kind of draws everything together. A lot of what these two episodes play with is the fact that uh, Sam and John are just like really, really, really want revenge. They're, mm-hmm. The fact is blinding them to everything else. Uh, and I've always sided with Dean in this situation, and we'll get to all this. But it's, it's kind of. Not that hard to understand, especially with John. It's been 21 years, at least. It's his life, yeah. It's literally his life now. <laughs> he's, he's been focused in on something for 21 years, 22 years, whatever it is. And he's finally there. Yeah, I'd probably be going a little mental with it, too. 100%. Yeah, like, this dude is is, is very obsessive at this point. Um, Sam, Sam takes a, this news kind of to heart. Like, he kind of is starting to feel a little bit guilty because, you know, he didn't save Jessica, but then he realizes that, like, all of these things that are happening are somehow related to him. And he's, like, all of these, these kids and the moms that are, are, are dying, like, are he's taking that guilt upon himself, which, Sam, like, dial that shit down a little bit, dude. Like, yeah. You can't control <laughs> everything. <laughs> like, There's an exchange, I don't know if it's here or if it's later, where he says, um, Dean says, like, that's not your fault. And he says, no, it's not my fault, but it's my problem. Um, yeah. And he's able to, you know, differentiate a little bit. He's like, I know that I am not to blame. Like, I didn't cause this myself. Like, I'm not guilty. Um, but it is because of me. Like, it is related to me. And that's why I have to be a part of this and do this thing. Which is also exactly what John did, where it's like he immediately went into himself. Like, he didn't look like he. We keep finding out, and we'll see, especially in season two, everyone that John came in contact with ended with them either wanting to beat him up or threatening him with a gun to go away. Like, so he, like, he, you know, like, much like Sam, just kind of is all about, you know, he. Not maybe not intentionally, but becomes incredibly selfish when faced with this kind of a problem where he just he doesn't really care about other people. Well, in this episode, um, either this one or the next one, Dean specifically calls out Sam for being selfish and like mm-hmm. you were being entirely too selfish about like just wanting to get yeah, the very end of this episode. Yeah, the very, very end of this episode. Mm-hmm. If you're if the listeners out there are wondering why we're only covering two episodes, it's because we've spent about 20 minutes on the mic and only about three minutes into the episode. Yeah, <laughs> so these are going to be some meaty, meaty episodes. This is good stuff, it's all good stuff though. <laughs> Um, so John has, has explained about these signs and says, okay, the next place that they're going to, the next, the, the place that I've been seeing these signs mo- the most recently is in salvation. So they, they all jump in the vehicles. I'm pretty sure, by the way, it was this scene that convinced me that John is not driving the racist truck. Another of my theories debunked. I'm trying to find a, a fun theory to work with and it's just not letting me, um, but on the way to salvation, John pulls over and tells the boys that he's heard about Pastor Jim being killed. Mm-hmm. And um, at this point, they decide they decide to like go their separate ways. Is that what happens? John no, they, sends yeah, the kids to not, go search hospital records. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Yeah, because they continue on. They're like, "Hey, something's going on." Um, you know, and I can't remember if he has found out that other people have been killed because it, it turns out that Megan no, just yet. started killing all of his friends. I think like, that's, well, this what, that's what he's doing. With Pastor Jim. Yeah. yeah okay. That's what it is. Yeah. John's friend Caleb calls him and says Pastor Jim is dead. And that's when he pulls over and he gets actually pretty emotional about it. He gets yeah. very emotional about this, and he has a well, whole speech that I found uh, pretty 
it's it's one of these things that like I, I'm sure at the time when I was watching it, it felt like pretty good. Like where he like looks around, and he's like, "This ends now." Yeah. But uh, I'm gonna paste it. I'm gonna yeah. paste a picture in it. That picture. It, like, thank it, you for that. <laughs> it, it doesn't. It doesn't end now, John. Like that's not. Oh, I can't paste a picture in here. It's in my notes if you guys are looking at it. But it's just yeah. like Michael Scott just walking into the office and saying, "I declare bankruptcy." Like, that's not the way that works. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta actually go through a process here. Like, and him just saying this ends now. Like, he he doesn't have the cult. Well, they do have the cult at this point, but like, they haven't tracked down the demon. Like, it's just a weird. I don't know. He's this is supposed to be emotional, but it's just a weird like line read. I think of like this ends now. Yeah, like, yeah. Okay. A little, like, we're not, a much. Well, we got forty I, minutes I think, left in the episode. <laughs> I think I think it's supposed to be like, like Chris. You were kind of talking about how this feels like a series finale because this is the this is what all of the show has been working towards, and like usually shows will. I mean, and this one actually winds up doing it at least pulls it out for another season. But a lot of shows, like, they'll take this carrot on the end of the stick and you only get little bits and pieces of it. But it's like, no, this is – they are heading towards something. And I think it's just the writers trying to make it drive that home. Yeah, they're that, trying to like, hey, yo. Absolutely. You know, this is going to be the showdown. Yeah. And John's just working up into a frenzy. It's like he's about mm-hmm. – I, I think he does manage to rein it in just enough to, like, be able to – put the action of the episode forward um but both him and sam to a lesser degree are really just like about to go into berserker mode so the so the goal here is for sam and dean to go and investigate any newborn uh any newborns in the area that that within a certain age range while uh john goes off and does whatever well john Um, john pulls up to a hospital searches through the little compartment next to his seat and pulls out like a badge for a hospital some kind of hospital official and then just sticks it on his gross like dirty jacket yeah. and like doesn't yeah. on a suit and like dude you look like you haven't bathed in a week like what are you doing <laughs> again having worked at a hospital about 90 percent of the staff is in scrubs so yeah <laughs> just wear some scrubs like they're cheap i have a set of scrubs at the house they're very <laughs> hey, come on cheap. um I like this scene a lot because we see once again we see Sam like studiously going over all mm-hmm. these records, and then there's a moment where Dean sees a hot girl. Yeah, and a hot girl sees <laughs> Dean. And yeah, I like your the, note. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this is what happens, right? Like I've never like I've never been super hot and seen a super hot girl from across the room, but this must be how like hot people communicate with each other. They look at each other. And they sure, say, oh, yeah, we're both hot. We're both in each other's love. Like we can talk. I guess, yeah. Um. I, I don't know. This is just really weird. Uh, it is a very weird moment. I, I'd have to imagine it would be a similar thing if I saw a girl with a Bloodborne t-shirt. And I was like, oh. <laughs> but it's like, it'd be the same kind of look. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um... But they decide to leave Sam taking some records, and that's where Sam starts having visions again. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened, that he just walks away and doesn't have Dean – doesn't isn't with Dean anymore. Dean goes, I guess, continually – And maybe they're, they're different hospitals, the three of them. I'm not really sure uh, because Sam is yeah, on yeah. foot. He doesn't have the Impala with him, but he walks out of the hospital, starts having his standard headache that leads into a vision. Uh, he sees what he usually sees, which is unfortunately a mother and an infant uh, going through the whole Jess mom situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, burning on the ceiling the whole nine yards. Uh, but he also happens to hear train tracks nearby, um, like in his vision. Uh, he hears a train going by, which so is immediately. Un- it's real unnecessary because he's having the vision 
right next to the house. Yeah, pretty much. Like he's literally standing across. But he has a to pull out his. Um, he has to pull out his. his <laughs> he's got to pull out his map, map. and start. Yeah. he gets his animals. atlas yeah. and his globe out from his backpack. You know, he starts spinning. <laughs> How great is it that uh, Sam's visions always have clues? And the best thing that the boys can do with their lives is hunt clues. Like this is all that they do is hunt for clues. <laughs> Paranormal. It's really boys. nice. That's all they are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sam eventually tracks down the mom and uh, I believe it's a daughter and uh, mm-hmm. like they're literally just like going on a little walk together and and Sam is just the weirdest yeah. guy. So creepy. However, you guys so notice creepy. that there's a doll in the uh, in the baby carriage? No. From afar, yeah. she's pushing it and I just had to rewind it. I was like, no, oh, maybe that's yeah, it's just 100% you can see a doll's unblinking face. When they go up close, <laughs> there's an actual baby in there, but it's just pretty funny. It like, looks super fake. As like people are like honking at this mom pushing her kid like every Everybody in the neighborhood saying hi to her, and then fucking creepy ass Sam Winchester jogs on over. And he's like, "Hey, sweet baby, mind if I fucking take it?" Um, I mean, no, I really, just but... moved in up the block. How's it going? Yeah. He, no. he helps her and, and with like, her like umbrella or something. I don't know. Do you guys uh, spend a lot of time around newborns? Because no, I, I don't. No. And um, I just would think that it's super creepy to go up to a stranger and say that, oh, wow, she's beautiful talking about their baby. Like, <laughs> yeah. That's a weird, you know what like, I'm saying? Even, like, if, a weird, even like, if you're being sincere, beautiful. it's still kind of like, don't, come on, man. Like, unless you yeah, know yeah, them, know don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he continues to have visions this time, specifically of these people, like, and like Chris said earlier, like dying to, um, and the vision plays out. Like we see the whole thing, which is kind of cool. Like we see the mom run in, mm-hmm. get slammed t- telepathically to the wall, starts crawling up the wall. Like this, this whole thing is really cool. He's doing some weird shit to the baby. The And this is the first time that we see um, like the mom's womb or stomach is ripped open mm-hmm. again, telepathically somehow and blood starts dripping down onto the baby. And then she bursts into flame. Like, that's really weird. And that's, not yeah, weird. that's like super dark. <laughs> like, very, especially very once, super dark. And in once we actually figure out, like in season two, we we get the gist of what is going on. But I don't think it's till like season four or five when we actually get the full picture of what the demon has done with these mothers, leading up to them having a child. Like, there's been a whole yeah. thing there that we don't know about. And when you get the whole picture, it only gets worse. Like, it's yeah. so dark and depressing. This is um this this is cool to me because it was at this point that I realized um and I remember thinking this when I saw this for the first time like oh wait this isn't random like this demon is doing mm-hmm. like a spell like they are he's like out there like casting some like weird occult shit like this is like that ramped this whole thing up to me because before it was just like oh the demon's messing with this child like whatever but like now this thing has a now that we've seen it for the third time and heard about it for the fourth time within this within this context of the series like this is a ritual that yeah. he's going through to produce a result yeah. i'm very very curious what that result is. R- ritual ritual importance uh put on things always makes them cooler in my mind yeah so uh once the vision is done uh we go back to the winchesters mm-hmm. who have rejoined john and um ye old hotel room mm-hmm. and uh john is not happy about these visions that sam has been but having. It, it, he is, it's like visibly upset he says, "Why didn't you call yeah. me? Why didn't and you call me?" Yes. This is and actually Dean a really just great looks moment. At him, like, are you serious? Like, you can't. Be I love Dean. Yeah, he lays here, into him. He's like, "I did call you when I almost died. Uh, we we ran into this person, that person. When this thing happened, I called you. You never when picked we up. We found Mom's ghost. We called you. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, he. It's Dean. I think that these are um, Stephen. You were saying in the chat how." 
the show is in many ways becomes especially Dean Winchester's show. Uh, I think that he's probably the most likable character up front, and this is where the shift I think starts to happen. It's obviously not entirely about him, but I feel like season one is about Sam because he's the child with the visions and all these. weird things are happening to him um but i feel like it's these two episodes where dean is just such a reasonable likable character he like he really plays the big brother holding everybody together role so well that it's Mm -hmm. impossible if you for whatever reason if you didn't already like dean because he's done scummy things here and there but they're kind of just played for laughs uh it was a different time it was 2008 he's he's a goof (laughs) it's fine but he well the thing is we don't really see him follow up with any of this stuff yeah like all we see him doing is kind of pretending at it and here he's just being such a a solid bro to sam and john and just like he's just keeping it real when nobody else is keeping it real um and these are some of my favorite dean episodes especially when he's finally giving it back to john a little bit the way that uh john needs to get it back he's gotten it from sam for so long and now dean is finally taking a stand but dean's also now being a big brother to sam and trying to keep him in line and not no you have to do what dad says you have to do what i say he's like legitimately just reasoning with sam uh and it it's they would be they'd be they all be dead if it were and we're going to get into it but like this is the beginning of dean's kind of crisis of faith and the mission yeah mm-hmm. like at this point like we start seeing the brittle edges around this of like i don't like what are you talking about like we tried to get in touch with you that's going to be like stage one into like going into the rest of this there's a there's a really good line from papa winchester here by the way after Dean says the line about like um, I, I have a better chance of winning the lottery than getting you on the phone or whatever, uh, yeah. <laughs> Papa Winchester says like, "Oh yeah, he agrees. He's like, oh yeah, you're you know you're you're totally right, but I don't like this new tone of yours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the fuck up, John Winchester. Like real old I'm a grown man ass man. dad about it. He's like, I don't like this new tone, but you're right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at this point, uh, we get a phone call. Uh, Sam gets mm-hmm. a phone call." Answers the phone and uh, it's Meg. And Meg says, Oh, I killed Pastor Jim and now I've got Caleb and we want the gun. And again, going back to this kind of like sense of urgency and anything could happen that the show is building, uh, John pretends like, Oh, what gun are you talking about? I have no idea. And she immediately slits yeah, and makes John so listen to him intense. Die. No hesitation. Like, that is so dark. I completely forgot about that. I'm like, Man, the show just, it goes there. And you're like, Okay, you have to take her seriously at that point. Like, she just doesn't care. Totally ruthless. And she also tells John, like, when he, like, tries to play it cool for just a second and say, like, I don't know what you're talking about, she she kills Caleb and says, you just declared war. Like, motherfucker, we yeah. have, you have it. Stop with this bullshit. Yeah. Like, I'm not, we're not messing around. <laughs> like, we'll keep doing this. It's so yeah. good. Like, this is all so fucking mm-hmm, good, man. Mm-hmm. I love they this. They go in hard. Oh, so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And this is like they make arrangements like in the um, I, I just want to bring this up so I can bring up something later. But like they go they spend a few minutes like on the phone with each other like, OK, well, we got to meet at the warehouse. You got to go down fourth and then take a ride on third street and let just see the left hand side. Like they make like it's been a long time on arrangements, it seems like for just like them to just be done with it after that. But um, John's plan is to go meet Meg alone, which he has requested, but to bring a fake gun with his justification being that they don't know what it looks like. Um, and like Sam and Dean are, are kind of not with this, but until Sam realizes, Oh, you're going to go do this. And you want us to actually hunt the demon on our own, which is crazy. The, what I, what is really impressive about that to me is that, um, both of the actors, Jensen and Jared, both are so, they portray a sense of like 
like like they're all that you can tell that they're both terrified like they do not want to hunt this demon alone but like they're both like holy shit he's trusting us enough to do this but also we do not want to do this by ourselves <laughs> it, and it's it's such a good like just with their with their with their with their facial animation uh, animation <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, guys. I'm used to talking about video games and cartoons, um, but just with their expressions alone to terror to, to you know put across that that terror at that at the concept of that. Yeah, that's what. I'm was, sorry, Stan. no, that's that is, that is exactly what I was going to say. Like, that's insane that John is now like he's he. It's it's interesting. This happens right after Dean has stood up to him. So now both of them, he realizes they they are adults now. Like they can, they have handled themselves this far. They can continue to handle themselves to the point that. He's going to let them try and hunt the thing that he has abandoned them to go hunt. Like, that is such a big deal. And you're right. Like, they play it so, so well. Like, Justin, like, their face betrays that. Like, you left us to hunt this thing. And now, and you were talking about how dangerous it is. And that's why you left us alone. And now you want us to do that? Like, seriously? Like, I don't know if we can handle that. He's just reached this, like, fever pitch where he Mm -hmm. doesn't. Even at, like I think he's reached just a point. Of course, he trusts the boys more than he ever has. But it's he wants the demon dead so badly he doesn't even care if he's there for it anymore. He's just he's willing to play a part in in a greater role uh, in order to just get this thing over with. Uh, I don't think he can think about anything else. And it's um, there's a line here where Sam says, you know, do you want us to go hunt this demon by ourselves? And and John says, I don't. No, I, I want Sam to go to school. I want Dean to have a home. And I'm like, yo, you could have done that a long time ago. <laughs> like, this is an easy fix. But just the the difference between I want Sam to like go to school and have a life, and I want Dean to have a you know just one place, one permanent address. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a real fun concept. Uh, there's a there's like a really emotional scene when Dean goes to get the uh, the ringer that they're going to use for the cold and gives it to John where he pr- makes John promise to come back yeah. alive and John like there's a, there's like some real emotional like exchanges here that's I think they're all good I just like kind of breeze past me like that's all solid Dean is realizing that uh, Sam and John especially John they don't really care about what happens after this uh, he knows that they they both have that kind of uh, kamikaze look in their eyes they're willing to just die taking this thing down and then he's the only person who's like guys not worth it and he just keeps reiterating that point and it's he pretty much can't get through to john but it seems like he starts to chip away at sam and uh we see sam turning more and more into john especially into these two episodes but thank god for dean holding that boy down (laughs) imagine how bad he would be in season two and season three anyway um this is so now we're we're gonna go to like A and B plot, mm-hmm. right? Like, so our 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 A plot is pretty much the guy, the the our boys, Sam mm-hmm. and Dean. You know, ch- gonna try to hunt down this demon. Our B plot is John arriving at this exchange, and I wanted to bring up the arrangements that John and Meg made earlier because this scene, the way it plays out, implies that Meg wasn't already at her meet. Like, <laughs> if you're gonna, I thought the whole thing a villain was supposed to do was to like set a meet so that they could have the place scoped out and protected. She just chose like a random warehouse and shows up like 20 minutes. With a very easily (laughs) accessible water tower. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Maybe it's just she's picking this place to get her away from the boys. Him away from the boys. Like, as far away from each other as they can. To get John totally out of the neck of the woods where Yellow Eyes is about to show up. I don't know. It's it's a really weird it's a it's a really weird thing and uh, man the way the camera lingers on this water tower, like, like, <laughs> yeah. up to it and it's like 
hey guys, like, like hey viewers out there, we're going to be doing something yeah, with the thanks. water tower. And then John walks into, like, they've, they've said this is a warehouse, but, like, he walks into, I, I don't know, I mean, like, warehouses are for storing things. There's generally not, like, just puddles of water well, yeah, no, on the ground this everywhere. Is, um, <laughs> I think they say this is a warehouse just for pipes to be leaking. <laughs> Oh, okay, okay, good. Uh, we're going to go to the pipe leak warehouse on, uh, out on Old 95. Okay, okay, that makes much more sense. Yeah. Because yeah. there's just leaky pipes oh, man. everywhere, and uh, it's pretty ingenious what, what John is able to do, but he didn't have that like planned when he went in there. He didn't know there were going to be leaky pipes everywhere and a water tower that he could go mess with. Well, I mean, he is, he is legitimately is really... prepared for any situation because he's even got shurikens in his truck right now. <laughs> like, I, I made a note yeah, about them. Like, what is he just stars. watching John Winchester throw some ninja stars has to be the funniest thing. <laughs> I do like this because, uh, like, the way the scene ends up working out, even though they linger on the water tower for, like, 27 minutes, um, <laughs> like, John walks up, he sees the water tower, and then we see him kind of scoping out all of these areas that don't really seem related. And just going to put that into the to the listener's mind until we get to a, something that happens yeah. later. Um, but we see him kind of like walking around and kind of scoping the place out, which I thought was the way this works out later is going to be really, really important. We go back to the boys and Sam is trying to think of ways to get the family <laughs> out of the house. And like, Sam, what you know how this has to go down. And he immediately says, like, you know the plate, right? Like, we have to wait for the yeah. demon to show up so we can kill it. Like, are you well, a tell him there's a gas idiot? leak? And he's like, that doesn't work. It's, what, what if we tell them the truth? Like, dude, we can't tell them the truth. And, we well, have to wait they, until they're under they the bring up, They bring up telling the truth, and then they do the comedy bit where they both kind of pause, look at each other, and go, nah. Because, <laughs> like, why would that ever work? <laughs> but you can't have a, a Impala parked scene without the boys getting a little emotional with each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They got to yeah, tap into uh, some feelings. Where Sam um, thanks Dean for always having his back, uh, not just... The time that they've been together since Jess died, but basically his entire life. Um, yeah. But Dean doesn't well, want to hear any of that shit because he's like, this is a goodbye that you're giving me right now. And I don't want you to say goodbye. I want you to stop being such a fucking lunatic. Stop being such a character in a in a play and just like get me. <laughs> <laughs> Go back, you know, bone that, that art director chick that you left yeah. behind. <laughs> Be a normal man. <laughs> Get over all of your weird emotional baggage. Dean doesn't go into all of that. He- They're carving themselves into these these tragic figures. Uh, like Sam, like it's just like yeah. I, I am Hamlet. I have to be this person. Uh, where Dean, I mean, he's a character in a TV show, but still, Dean is like, no, you don't, dude. <laughs> like we don't even have to go kill that thing. We can just say fuck all and just like go like hang out. Let's go to the beach. Like who cares? Come on, man. Yeah, well, it doesn't get that heated yet. We get we no, get another no, scene right. where Dean really starts. I'm just, starts I'm just getting, getting heated. Up. Yeah, Chris just got super. Yeah, I know, up. man. I get when you start talking about this. I get my homes are in trouble, man. Uh, Once again, I'm having to move away from the desk. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so back at the uh, back at the pipe leak warehouse, uh, we we have a scene where John is chanting in Latin over like a over this water tower and drops a cross into it, and the implication is obvious for everybody. Like he's creating holy water for reasons we don't quite. We don't quite. We haven't quite figured out yet. But then he goes and meets Meg, and um, like him and Meg, like have a little. F- well, they have to focus in on the water tank first too, because she shows up in the parking lot looking around, and then behind her, oh, yeah. John hiding behind the water tank. <laughs> yeah, he's like <laughs> yeah. he's like the worst version of Batman. Like he's just kind of sitting there, like, what's up? I, I don't know why, but the silhouette here really reminded me of like some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. for some reason. Like this is a very much That's like all, a it's all the steam and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird thing. 
but I like this back and forth between John and Meg, uh, mm-hmm. a random demon who I don't think actually has any speaking lines in this whole thing. I don't he just kind of so shows up. It's kind of yeah, cool that he doesn't say anything. Well, he's like he's your standard like James Bond. Uh, you know, like this is the muscle that I brought. I think it's supposed. Obviously, it's not said here, but I think that uh, the Yellow White Demon confirms this in the next season that that's also that's Meg's brother in the next episode. Actually, oh, okay, yes. Yes, yes, you're yeah. right. Yep. Uh, yeah, but he literally does not say anything. Um, he just after, commits after some, violence. Like, that's all he does. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's which is great for a demon, dude. Like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just a silent, just like, I mean, yeah, we, it's the typical lackey, you know, like James Bond villain's, uh, you know, thug who hangs out with him. But because he's a demon, just a silent demon, well, especially like, after Chatty Kathy Meg, you know? Well, like, mm-hmm. Meg's, like, he's way less fun than me, and she, like, without hesitation, murders, like, two people in this episode, like, yeah. quicker than we were expecting. So what is that guy gonna do? He's gonna shoot Meg! <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna <laughs> shoot Meg! This is so fucking great! That's so John good. hands over the gun to Meg, Meg hands it to, you know, Silent But Deadly over there, and then <laughs> SBD just immediately turns it on Meg and just shoots her in the goddamn leg, like... And this is a really weird thing too because he again, shoot her in the leg. He shoots her in the chest. He was going to oh, yeah, kill yeah, her if like that a, was the yeah, gun. Yeah. yeah, and she's like, "I can't believe you shot me." And, and I think John even <laughs> yeah. says, "Like, at least the gun was a fake, right?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this whole Which scene is so good. I love pro- all of props this. to John for having the wherewithal in that moment to actually say something witty. Like I would have been pissing myself. Like, oh. The only thing I don't really like about this scene is like there's a noise in the pipe leak warehouse and like both demons like turn around and then John just runs away. Like it's yeah. very it's, like, Which there's no is a very Deus Ex you know noise yeah, yeah, of yeah. that to happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but this is a great scene because uh, we see John run into another room and immediately opens a hatch and goes down a ladder and then like presto we're back into what we've seen him scope out before. Like mm-hmm. I really really enjoy the the idea of you know John Winchester as this kind of pseudo Batman character and don't get excited Stevens only. Time uh, sorry, I, I got my pants got a little tight. <laughs> oh, I, I realized I, I took the uh, I have the exact uh, quote that that Meg says. So uh, first, I wrote that the demon her her pal shoots Megan and takes her out or tries to take her out doesn't care. So up until this point, like that revealed to me that Meg is not as important as we think she is. Mm-hmm. If she was mm-hmm. just going to be uh, disposed of by her brother, I guess. Uh, but her line is that was funny, John. We're going to strip the skin from your bones, but that was <laughs> yeah. funny. Yeah, yeah, I do. Like, I do like that one. Man, that was funny. But <laughs> to his whatever his one liner is about you know it being a fake. But like you, I really like that moment because it's like, yeah, I actually, John, actually, I do think that's kind of funny. Like I'm really, really mad, but like good one. <laughs> so at this point, like um, we do see like his escape route. I really like the idea that John has like pre-planned his escape route. Like he scoped this place out. Like it makes it gives me it gives him like more esteem in my book of being a better class hunter than we've seen. Dean and Sam be at this point. Plus, right? like his experience is actually coming to bear and actually effect- effectively util- giving him an escape method, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah, and it, it actually gives a lot of credence to like the direction and editing of this episode because, like, like you said before, these areas seem totally unrelated, and it's actually jarring a little bit at first. Like you're just seeing random hallways and and pipes, leaking pipes everywhere, and they actually start to stitch it together in this episode and put it together real masterfully, where you get the picture of what is going on really well. And I thought that was actually really cool. 
And even though the the episode itself jumps back and forth, uh, let's go ahead and finish out John's little story here. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. John runs outside. He's well. Number one, he runs into this hallway and he opens up a, a thing of water and it starts flowing towards Meg and um, Silent but Deadly. And they're like, "Oh, that's just water. It's not going to affect us." And then he steps in it and immediately starts burning, which implies to me that he's wearing demonic shoes somehow. That's what I was going to ask. Like, does holy water just like I guess you make your yep. clothes evil whenever you're a demon? Sears so. right yeah. to your clothes. Yeah, if you. <laughs> Now I've got an evil sweatshirt in my closet. Right I mean, now. I guess like if, <laughs> you, if you spill coffee on your pants, it still burns a little bit if it's hot enough. I don't it's, know. It doesn't st- thing, a steam thing. doesn't immediately start erupting from my pants, though. It's the goddamn power of Christ, all right? <laughs> That's the most. That is like the most ironic sentence: the goddamn power of Christ. Fuck your clothes! It's the goddamn power of Christ. <laughs> The uh, but this obviously he's created this holy wallet earlier and is using it to 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 run away. Which again, like I, I just love all of this. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, he runs outside, his tires are slashed, and Meg captures him. Like it doesn't, he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't get very far. He needs to have like a bike in that trunk or something. Absolutely needs. And like, why did you park so close to the thing? You're supposed to hide your truck like way back. Nobody's uh, nobody's obeying like proper um, meat etiquette in this whole thing. Yeah. Meanwhile, and then Sam and Dean are just like hunkered out in these people's driveway, ready to break in. <laughs> and this is just another one of those extended scenes where Sam and Dean hang out in a car and watch a family through their open blinds. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just the worst. I hate every one of these. It's just always so creepy. Um, but the demon starts to show up. And we know this because, like, static starts playing on the radio, even though the radio wasn't on. And, like, lights start blinking and wind starts happening. Um, so Sam and Dean immediately break in. And I really like the way this scene plays out yeah. because the first thing that happens that after they come in, the dad is there. Um, and the dad just starts swinging a fucking baseball bat at them. Like, yeah. Get out of – and starts yelling at them, get out of my house. And it's very, very effective for me. Definitely. Like, Sam, Sam and Dean are doing the right thing here. But, like, this dude has to be terrified. Mm-hmm. And, like – I, I'm not. I'm not scared of like a whole lot. Um, I'm pretty much just scared of everything. That's not a whole lot of it. But like, uh, like a home invasion is one of the like the most terrifying things Definitely. I can think of. And yeah, like, putting yourself in this dude's position has to be like so scary. And then when he Dean pins him to the wall and he's like, "We're trying to help you. Don't go upstairs or something." After he call, he hears his baby crying or his wife call out to him. Uh, Dean's just saying, "Don't go upstairs," and just has to knock the dude out in order to stop him from running to his wife but and child. Before he can do that, the the guy says, go get the baby. Um, or uh, just stay with the baby or something like that to his wife. And they're like, oh, wait, no, that is exactly what we don't want you to do right now. Right. <laughs> yelling upstairs, like, no, don't go in there, whatever it is. Um, it's, it is a really terrifying moment, especially for that guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we see uh, this scene is just really, really fun. So the the mom walks into the room. We see like this figure in silhouette, like we've seen in the past. Um, she's immediately thrown against the wall, just like Sam's vision. Except this time, Sam runs in, and I can't help but think like, isn't it great that we let Sam have the gun on this time? Yeah, around? because usually Dean carries the Colt. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Sam busts in, and immediately, I, I wish he had fired faster. But he like, there's a pause, and we see this demon's yellow eyes. He just can't from, believe from that, that he's forward. looking this thing. In the eyes, They're, right in the eyes. He's just yeah. well, this is the first time he's seeing this thing uh, since it came into his crib and, and fucked his life up. Exactly, and also, I mean, there is a connection there between the two of them. That's true. Exactly. That hasn't yeah, yeah. obviously hasn't been explored. To, to I have to imagine that that, that yeah. has some sort of on Sam, like actually seeing him has to have a physical reaction to him. Yeah, of like you know something reacting literally inside of him. But he goes for the shot, uh, but unfortunately the demon disappears. Like, and he totally misses. 
What and totally say? misses. One of those magic, whole, you can magic totally misses because just right into the, the drywall. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, at this point, like things are going a little, getting a little hectic. So uh, Sam grabs the woman and runs out. She's screaming, "My baby, my baby!" Dean grabs the baby. This is all very reminiscent of um, John and Dean mm-hmm. saving Sam as a baby. So that's and, I think that's very, very specific. And then the crib done. explodes with fire. Yeah. Yes, that because- was super close. <laughs> <laughs> and thankfully, it was the mother has the wherewithal to understand that these guys just saved her because otherwise, that just looks like that was another one of their pals who came in to steal their fucking baby, and these guys well, are hanging out still. Again, I know I keep referencing things that are, like, seasons away, but, like, she kind of does understand. Like, spoilers, but she she has to know what's going on at that moment. I don't remember why, so I'm just... Uh, I don't know yeah, if you, I don't, I don't I don't know if you want to cut this yeah. part out and I can tell you, but... Well, let's, let's, just, let's just skip it as, as foreshadowing. You can yeah, tell it's sure. Because I don't, I don't quite remember. Yeah. Um, so the boys run out and... You know, the mom says, no, 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 they saved us. And then the house starts, like, the windows start blowing out with fire. Uh, They look up, and in the second floor in the baby's room, the demon has reappeared. And Sam tries to run back in, like, Mm -hmm. bodily run back into the fire. And, of course, Dean is holding him back, saying, no, no, you can't do that. You'll kill yourself. It doesn't matter. I want to kill him. Dean's literally holding Sam back from committing suicide, trying to kill this monster, which is is exactly what I would think that the monster, well, maybe not exactly what the monster wants, but it it would be fine. I mean, he appears back up in that window for a reason. He's egging Sam on at this point. It's just a full-on, like, suicide declaration, too. And Dean says, like, that's suicide. I don't care, Dean. Like, I want yeah. this to be over here and now. That's that. And I don't know if it's here or if it's a few minutes later where Dean says a line, if hunting this demon gets you killed, then I hope we never find it. It's, yeah, it's in this, it's, that, it's, that, it's that, in this next scene coming up, which is maybe one of my favorite scenes in, in this show. Absolutely. Like, this, so, to set it up, um, Dean and Sam are, they go back to the hotel room. Um, they're worried about their dad. He hasn't been answering the phone. Um, they get into this argument because Sam is like, he's like almost over there, like rocking with anger. Like you can yeah. just see he's seething. Like I had him. I, we could have had him. We could have ended this. We could have done it. And Sam and Dean says, no, no, you, you would have killed yourself. And Sam said, that's fine. I don't care. And this, this is the moment where I think, and you guys help me out on this if I'm, if I'm wrong, but Dean's kind of whole, Dean's faith into this whole enterprise kind of just breaks down. And he's like, no, this is not totally not worth it. Like, I don't care. Like if it means losing you and dad, the de- the demon can run away free forever. I don't care. I, family is more important. That's mm-hmm. the thing that, that drives me is protecting you and dad. And if you're just going to throw yourselves away, you're being selfish. Like you're being a shitbag to me by doing this. This is amazingly powerful. Well, yeah. I because love the Dean says, I hope we never find it. And then Sam like straight up just throws him against the wall. Or he says something like, I, I can't remember. Dean says something to that effect, and Sam, it really pisses Sam off, and he throws him against the wall, and Dean has this incredible moment of, like, I mean, Jensen is really pulling out all the stops for this. I mean, Jared's doing great, too, but Jensen gets to play Dean just letting every single, like, we had glimpses of it so far this season, but Dean just lets it all out. Like, he just lets all of his walls down and becomes entirely vulnerable in this scene, and he's like, you guys are literally all I have left like sometimes I feel like I'm barely holding it together. Like yeah. it, this is such an incredible moment right where here. John and Sam seem to think that the only thing that they have is their quest for revenge. Uh, they've already given up on having a normal life. They just they think that that is what their their one possession in life is revenge and their desire for it. 
Uh, and it's so sad to see Dean be like, oh my God, guys, no. Like, all we have is, is <laughs> us. Like, we, like, I, I've said it before, like, he's, we could go kick back and drink beer for the rest of our lives. Like, fuck this demon. We have us. What are we, yeah. what are you talking about? And I mean, like, this is actually, like, this is getting into some pretty, like, real life kind of kind of stuff and i don't i don't know if it was entirely intentional on the writer's part um and i know you know we're having fun you know talking about how crazy sam and and john are but like that is a real thing like when you're dealing with people who are suicidal they they're so focused in on a thing that that's all they can see and they don't realize that they're they have more you know like that's what dean's trying to get through to them is like dude we have each other and that is so much more than just this mission of killing this thing and it's become this total role reversal too, where Sam only want, he wants to listen to what John is telling them to do, mm-hmm. and Dean is like, "Nope, nope, nope, we're not doing this anymore. It's not worth it." Uh, and it's that's one hundred percent flipped from the beginning of the season. This is just, I just want to say again, it's so fucking good. Yeah. Like, this is just yeah. it sells the relationship between these two brothers. It sells their like the way that they have come out of all of their weird conditioning and their real ch- weird childhood with totally different attitudes and then it flips it so much that you would expect Dean to be exactly where Sam is and, the, and not yeah. you would just oh it's so good like it's so well wrought like and, and yeah. Jensen and Jared sell it completely like it's it's kind of an emotional scene like that's powerful stuff like it's fun to watch yeah you, you would totally things. expect Dean to be the one like flying off the, the handle and, and wanting to exactly, kick some ass yeah. but it's you know open-hearted emotional sam who all of his emotion has just turned into rage and nothing else and then finally after um they kind of come to terms with one another and Dean and sam kind of calms down and realizes like okay okay I'm, I'm gonna calm down a little bit and uh they decide to call their dad one more time and that's when meg answers the phone and says you'll never see your dad again and we get the to be continued screen yeah so, which is dun, dun, dun. It's our very first to be continued i believe mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is our first to be continued out of out of what's going to be like. Usually, these season finales will have like several yeah. to be continueds in them. So um, let, let's let's sum it up, Chris. Like, tell me your, tell me your thoughts on this episode before we go into Devil's Trap. I think that if you don't like this episode, you're never going to like Supernatural. Uh, it's yeah, one hundred percent focused in so well on everything we've learned about the Winchesters, and it's able to play with that. And like I was saying, role reversals, um, building up with Sam's rage and it's almost a surprise. It makes sense, but I, you don't expect it. Um, and then it totally, totally falls in line with his character, but it still comes out of nowhere almost, uh, or com- it comes as a surprise. And the same thing with Dean, uh, where you, you don't expect him to be so solid and so willing to let the quest die, especially since he's the one who dragged Sam back into that life. You would think that he wants this as much as their dad does, but no, he, he's just doing his thing. The only reason he went and found Sam is because John went and disappeared on him. So, you know, <laughs> both both things come as a surprise, but they totally make sense. The rage and then the uh, family values on Dean's side. And it's just, it paints great pictures of these two characters, uh, the way that they're able to communicate with each other. And it also, I think, kind of illustrates a path that they're both going to walk uh, for the next few seasons. We obviously wouldn't know that here, but uh, they're pretty clearly defined characters. And Sam's going to continue to struggle with... Uh, his set of emotions while Dean struggles with his own set of emotions. Uh, and John is just, John's being John. <laughs> yep. Steven, any follow-up? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much sums up great. Like the, 
this episode and then like that scene at the end is the reason like it, it was nice seeing that and having that reminder of okay these are the moments that made me want to start a supernatural podcast like mm-hmm. these those are the moments that i just don't see another episodic television like this like where i'm sure if you stick with a show for any amount of time you just get used to the characters so when there is any amount of conflict between the characters it it, it has some moments to it but like this is it's so early in the show and then they continue to ratchet this up and then build on like an already screwed up family dynamic and like and then the ramifications of that like they can't just be together and hang out like this is the ultimate outcome of their childhood and like showing the consequences of that it, it's really good, and it's um, it's very impressive that the show is going to go on and, and continue not only to build, but also to cuss mm-hmm. in some ways over the next four seasons. Like, by the time we get to season five, it's, like, Chris has mentioned several times, like, the scale and the and the consequences have been ramped up so much that it's it really feels like the end of the world. And it starts right here. Like, the, the central kind of push and pull between Dean and Sam starts kind of within these two. Yeah, and like, that, you know, it's so... And they develop these characters, both of them. I know we keep talking about how, like, Dean, especially for these first few seasons, it really concentrates on them, but they develop and concentrate on both characters in such a way that they are they are different people at the end, but they are the same characters, if that makes sense. Like, they, mm-hmm. they feel like people who have gone through these things and they are different because of it by the end. Sam's arc in Supernatural for the first five seasons is one of my favorite things yeah. in TV. Obviously, I'm a huge Supernatural fan. His his five-season arc is, yeah, absolutely one of my favorite things uh, on its own. And then separately, Dean's five-season arc is one of my favorite things. They're both <laughs> yeah. just so strong and so rewarding to see through to the end. Uh, and I, yeah, I just can't wait to watch more of the show. Let's get into it. Let's get into um, episode twenty-two, Devil's Trap. Chris, would you uh, would you read us our episode? Yeah, it feels like we're running out of time. So, Um, (laughs) just kidding. That's what the fucking synopsis starts with. (laughs) Feels like we're running out of time with a terrifying exorcism, warfare with a pack of demons, and a shopping double twist storyline. The intense, astonishing season finale never lets up. Jeremy just went and added hunky into that. I'm be, I think this is our new thing. I mean, if we can like stealthily put hunky into something somebody has to read. I think we're gonna be doing ourselves. <laughs> so, so this episode um, was written by Eric Kripke and directed by Kim Manners. Eric Kripke, obviously creator of the show. Kim Manners, one of the uh, better directors who ever works on Supernatural. Uh, they're mm. really double teaming. Well, what is that? Uh, they're uh, really, they're really coming at it from both sides. Uh, Oh, this is nope, gotten nope, better. Nope, try it again. They're teaming up to. They're to, really teaming to up on. Build nope, a nope. really great episode. <laughs> yeah, and I, I like that this uh, like immediately 
this gets us into the ep- gets into the gets us into the episode. We don't have a cold open here. Like, there's no need to like set up a monster of the week. There's no need to kind of. We do get the finale. Like, there's a the rush song that plays where we get like the previously mm-hmm. on stuff. Um, but it especially watching the episodes back to back. Like after seeing this in the first episode or not the first, but episode twenty one, it seemed kind of superfluous at this point. Like I didn't I didn't really need this, and I really f- feel like these two episodes were probably meant to be aired like one right after the other with no break in the middle. But probably CW was, or WB was like, no, 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 we, we definitely have to stretch this out for 22 <laughs> weeks. Like we have, we have yeah. commercials that we yeah. have to do. So we have to, we have to finish airing Smallville right. before somebody. I know we're not us. quite there yet, but I got three words for you guys, Bobby, motherfucking singer. Yep. Yep. Yes. Yes. Uh, before we get there, like, yeah, I just want to talk about like the lack of a cold open. These are my favorite episodes where the it just starts and it hits the ground running and it's usually you know close to the end of a season where they just don't waste time like usually we're getting a lot of like hemming and hawing in these episodes where the, you can feel them trying to stretch it out to 45 minutes but they, they always do their best work in the season finales where it feels like they're trying to pack in like that there's so much that they need to tell you in this story that it all feels important and these last two episodes didn't feel like they were 45 minutes piece they really just fly by. And I gotta say, Devil's Trap, this episode establishes so much lore. Yeah. After, like, midway through this oh episode, it feels like Supernatural <laughs> now. Yeah. Season mm-hmm. one is in many ways, it's like a horror anthology, like you've said before, Jeremy. And then episode 22 is, this is now what Supernatural is and forever will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it can still be a horror anthology, but now it's not playing by anybody else's yeah. rules. Like, it's taking all these urban legends and then ter- put, pulling them into itself and saying, okay, we're going to do our own thing. Um, I don't know if this is really the place for it, but doing this podcast has really got me thinking about and um, thinking about like canon in terms of like what is like actually real in a series mm-hmm. and what isn't. Um, and it's it's been kind of fascinating for me because I. I used to view canon in a series as like kind of just like, okay, well, like the, the creators have said this is canon and this is not. And like, I always thought it like a bunch of nerds just arguing over like, what <laughs> yeah. is and what isn't. But I, especially doing this show and watching Supernatural as closely as I have been, and sometimes watching these episodes two or three times in preparation for the show, like it's it makes it really interesting to see the rules that they create and the, the lore that they set up and the way that they... Because all you're doing is restricting yourself, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Like you're just restricting mm-hmm. yourself to a set of rules and behaviors and then seeing how they, they can kind of bounce around those things. And that's... I don't know why, but for the last like three or four episodes we watched and like the two episodes from season two I watched last night, like I was been kind of, that's been in the back of my mind of like, it's so interesting that the way that they're creating this world, like, and this is the episode that does it. Like this expands the world dramatically, like at a drop of a hat, like, you know, we've, we've seen other hunters before, but nothing like we're going to see here. Nothing like, you know, it, it just, it just immediately ramps it up to, uh, I don't know, just to like a, a whole other tier of, of show. Well, right? uh, let's let's just go ahead and get to Bobby because he has a line that like really just like, okay, this is bigger now. Like this is like uh so the boys they're just like, okay, we we need help. We can't just go get that. Well I don't I don't wanna I don't uh, wanna stop and, you right out the gate when you just said let's skip, but uh like Dean's reaction to Meg having John yeah. is literally mm-hmm. the best thing ever, right? Like he just is like we got yeah, to really. go. <laughs> we need to lay we need to leave now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, well, he's, he's not, he's not going to get out of bed for about wanting just Yeah, like, he's just had this huge scene about, like, you guys are all I have left, and I will do everything I can to save you both. Yeah, and I, I just love any time, like, that they hit the ground going, and, like, we see the Impala, like, drifting through corners, and, like, Dean yeah. is, like, freaking out, and they're kind of arguing back and forth about what they're going to do. <laughs> Sam still wants to go after the demon, and Dean's like, are you a fucking idiot? 
let's, this is all really, really good. And then, yes, they decide, like, okay, we need help, and I know where to go. And this is where we get, like, probably one of the best character intro scenes of all time. I, I just really like this opening. <clears throat> they do, like, a slow camera thing where they, like, there's a dog that's chained up, and he's on top of the hood of a truck, and the truck is, like, a record. Yeah. The outside of the house is obviously, like, a, like, a, like you know, he lives in a junkyard. Like, it's just a really, really cool setup. Just, just, I just thought this was interesting. <clears throat> but we meet Bobby, and Bobby's great. Bobby the Mugger, yep. motherfucking singer. Bobby's my third favorite character on the show. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. like, I, might, I might have him above like the other kind of normal people that are normal guest stars that are going to appear over the years. Yeah. yeah. My, my yeah. three favorite characters are, are Sam, Dean, and Bobby. Like, that's that's yeah. it. <clears throat> so Bobby, I guess to give some context, is an old hunter friend. We, we find out through some, you know... Delicious, delicious exposition conversations mm. that um, Sam, not Sam, uh, John and Bobby had a falling out that resulted in Bobby pulling a gun and chasing John off the property, which um, is going to become like a running theme. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Bobby is sort of a nexus for hunters. Like he kind of collects information throughout all of this stuff. And um, he's seen like an, a, a drastically increased demon possession over the course of the year. Like normally he sees like three or four. And I think he says he's up to 27 this year. And it's not even, the mm-hmm. year's not even over yet. Yeah, he's like, like he says, like you guys stepped in something real bad, and his line is a storm, and they're gonna keep using this line over and over again. And the intro is like a storm's coming, and you boys and your daddy are smack in the middle of it. Yep. Like that is such a, and that's what raises the stakes. Like, oh, like this is for real. Like we're done with little ghosts, and you know, like you know, the a Wendigo here and there. Like it's whatever. I mean, like now, like this is this is real stuff now that we're going to be dealing with. We're done with them as long as the episode is one, two, or twenty one and twenty two. Like, but in the middle, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes. So at some point, uh, Meg shows up at uh, Bobby's house to come hang with the boys. Uh, she's trying to, you know. Grab a beer, catch a snack, you know, course, chill yeah, out. <laughs> um, and Jeremy, you were saying in the chat how you were you were surprised by this, and uh, it it really is a great moment when she yeah. comes in, uh, ready to talk some shit about how she has John and uh, all this stuff, and they're all just she tosses Dean into a pile of books with her, you know, force push. Uh, Sam <laughs> grabs Bobby and is just pushing him back, like don't come any closer, like leave us alone, blah blah blah, blah playing into this whole thing. Uh, and they slowly, they back away, back away, and suddenly, bam, they just caught Meg in our, I think, our very first Devil's Trap. This is this our first intricate, Devil's Trap. intricate uh, symbol that this, they've drawn on the ceiling in this case uh, that is going to trap devils inside of it. Once they're in, they can't get out unless the line is broken. Um, and so they've, they've finally, after all these episodes, got the upper hand on Meg. And this is really, really good. Real, real quick, uh, on the way in, uh, Meg kills Bobby's dog, which I think is just kind of, yeah, you know, kind of a mean. Pretty and, um, That's pretty sad. Bobby says, "Oh my God, she killed Rumsfeld," which yeah. I guess he <laughs> named his dog after fucking <laughs> worst vice president yeah. America has ever had. Anyway, um, I, I, they're probably just doing that to show that like Bobby is an old, like conservative curmudgeon guy, um, mm-hmm. which yeah. which seems to kind of run against like all of the stuff that Bobby does. Like he seems to be a pretty cool dude. Like it doesn't seem like he'd be i don't know anyway see well bobby is about to show that he's a very cool dude because they are able to tie meg up she's got some plithy one-liners about if you wanted to tie me up you could have just asked um and they start questioning her and they're uh the gun to her head isn't a gun at all it's an exorcism uh, bobby's like yeah let's just let's just she's not a demon she's a demon inside of a human girl Yep. And for some yep. reason, that's news to Sam and Dean. Yeah, I don't understand like, what else they could have thought. But I guess 
that it was. Because of the way that they've interacted with her, it's the first Maybe, demon that yeah. they fought was just like jumping from person to person, doing a bad thing, and then moving on. Uh, and this yeah. has just been a consistent uh, creature, I guess, that they've come up against time and again in the same body, looking the same way, blah, blah, blah. And there was a uh, there was a kind of a line that we, we skipped over in the previous episode where um, when they're talking to John Winchester about Meg, he says that she's a she's either a demon or she's possessed by one. So the, like they, they oh, set okay, this up yeah. a little bit. And obviously, right before this, Bobby's saying that he's seen a lot of demon possessions. I really like this because like Dean starts to lose his temper interrogating. Um, oh yeah, interrogating Meg, which like just kind of you know foreshadowing right there for some stuff that's going to happen later but starts losing his temper smacks her across the face and uh it gets real uncomfortable (laughs) it does get real uncomfortable and um i didn't realize when we were talking about the episode in uh chicago with the uh shadows or whatever where she kind of gets on top of sam as being all flirtatious with them and i was talked about like kind of how icky that made me feel i didn't realize they were going to deliver that like at the end of season one (laughs) like i didn't realize they were going to get into that i thought that was like a season like five thing or something so it's neat to see this here but as soon as dean like hits her across the face bobby pulls him off and it's like no 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 there's a real girl trapped in there like there's a real person it's not just the demon and you're hurting that person and there's a real interesting moment where um Bobby tells, I think one of them has the idea for the exorcism and Bobby says, well, you know, if that demon leaves her, like he, she's going to lose all of her strength and she's probably going to die. And yeah, like she gets, like, she no, just got thrown to- out of a seven story building. Like that's yeah. all that's holding her together. She got shot last episode. Yeah. And, uh, and Dean says, and, and Dean says like, well, you know, we, you know, we, we're still going to go do this anyway. And Bobby's like, that's a human in there. And Dean says, I'm going to put her out of her misery then because, and that's, I, I feel like just with, like with the last episode where we're lo- he's losing faith in the mission, like now he's kind of getting an edge of like, if we have to do this shit, like let's go, <laughs> like let's get dark. Yeah, let's go like, all in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a there's a duality there that I, that I find very very fascinating. Yeah, absolutely. He's willing to put the revenge stuff aside, but now that John's in danger, he's on the same page as Sam. Essentially, they, their end goal is is different but sort of the same Dean well, they're going, going about it the same way yeah, yeah yeah dean's going full rage to save john and sam's going full rage to kill the demon and those are essentially hand in hand yeah right now they are which i think is yeah. also kind of interesting yeah. like mm-hmm. they're, they're, mm-hmm. their their methods and their goals are aligning right now in an interesting but bobby way. is um he shows that he's he's a solid dude because he's like guys like we don't don't kill this girl. Like, are you serious? Come on, take it easy, everybody. But like, like also right from like, the get go. My question would be though, like, yes, this is a sucky situation, but at the same time, what would you do? Just let her be possessed until she heals or something? Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I, I, don't, I don't know what here. the alternative. I think the is conversation with Bobby would always lead to, "Yep, okay, let's exercise her." But I yeah. think it says a lot about his character that that's the first thing that he brings up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then concerns for the girl's like, safety. I don't care. Yeah. I like the so scene. Um, finally, exorcisms yeah. are a little played up nowadays with supernatural, mm-hmm. but um, in the beginning, like they did this um, in, I think it was Dark Passenger was the name, or like the Black Passenger or whatever. Probably not Black Passenger. Whatever the whatever the airplane <laughs> Phantom, thing is. Phantom, Phantom Traveler. Traveler. <laughs> Phantom Traveler. Here you go. I'm definitely thinking of uh, Dexter right now with that Dark Passenger bullshit. Anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like Sam is performing the exorcism because Dean still hasn't bothered to learn Latin yet. And, uh, this is like hurting the demon somehow. Like, and, and at the same time, Dean is like interrogating her. Like, did you kill, like, where's our dad? And Meg is, is still like saying, no, I killed him. He died screaming. And this goes on for a while to the point where I was almost kind of believing her despite having knowledge of what's happening yeah. later <laughs> in this episode. Like she kind of sells like, no, 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 I accidentally, no, I no, no, no. So finally, they uh, they fully exercise the demon. We 
get our full black smoke, like expulsion, like smoke just starts pouring out of this woman's mouth. And, um, and it looks real good. <laughs> it looks real good. Yeah. The CGI here is really great. Um, it's kind of interesting that in that previous episode, like there's very, very little use of CGI or special effects, but what's there really, really works. And this episode I think is the same way. Like they, they are very mm-hmm. sparing with that stuff on these couple of episodes and it works. Um, but the, the the big thing here is that although Meg the demon is expelled, Meg the person is still alive. Like she's yeah. actually held on through all of this, which is horrifying. <laughs> like this next yeah. scene is so horrifying. But Dean kind of doesn't care at this point. Yeah, like I don't, I don't. Maybe I uh, space out for a second there, but like she gives up the ghost and tells him that hey. Yes, your dad is alive, but I I really don't know where he is. And Dean was like, he's going to perform this exorcism until you tell us, and then you're, you know, I guess let you go. I don't know why he would do that. But then he's, she's like, but you promised that you wouldn't do this if I told you. He's like, well, I lied. I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, know, and so then, she tells him, like, where they're keeping him, like, in a town, in a building or something. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Well, yeah, because uh, the human Meg is like, she with her fucking dying breath, Oh, so like, sad. yeah, the demon was telling the truth. I was awake for some of it. Uh, and just as she's about to reveal the location, she gets, you know, in the ballpark of it and says the word sunrise, uh, which is a really unnecessary clue because Dean doesn't look for sunrise. He just suddenly sees it. And then, then they're good. Yeah. The, the, the way that the sunrise clue work is so dumb. <laughs> like, it's they probably the worst part of it. Rush over that, I guess. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to bring up real quick, but before we get into the sunrise part that, uh, once the demon has been expelled and Meg is like laying there dying, she actually says like, not only does she, re- was she awake for a lot of it, but it's been a year, which yeah. is just terrifying to me. Like yeah. that being possessed by something that has, that has complete control over your body. You have no control over your body. Like it's, it, this is all like, and then she does, she, she just dies from her injuries. And there's a, there's a scene here where <laughs> they've already called nine one one. Because that's the first thing Dean says is to call nine one one and get me some water and some towels. Because I guess he she thinks he thinks he's she's about to give birth. <laughs> um, after she dies, they're like, "What are you going to do with the body?" And and Bobby's like, "You think I've never lied to the police before? Come on, get the hell out of here!" <laughs> yeah, no, Bobby would one thousand percent be implicated in her murder. A sketchy dude who lives out in the middle of nowhere, his house is covered in books and supernatural artifacts, and there's just this young dead girl from Massachusetts in his living room. How the don't fuck forget the dead dog outside. That? Don't forget yeah, the and then, dead like, dog outside. She's sitting under this giant weird occult symbol painted onto yep, the ceiling. This <laughs> doesn't make a drop of sense. So um, Sam and Dean leave, and they're on a quest to go to this town to find their find their father. Um, Dean is looking kind of shook about this whole uh, Meg stuff, and we're going to get to why later. But it definitely seems like it's... Um, it's kind of shaking him a little bit. Sam want, doesn't want to bring the gun, uh, which this is the, this is a pretty major point of conflict here. Like they're going to go walk into a demon's nest and Sam's saying like, no, we don't want to bring our gun that kills demons because that's exactly what they want. Mm-hmm. They want to be able to uh, see, they want to, they want to get the gun and like our dad would be absolutely furious if we brought the gun in there. Like he, we need to go. And then Dean's like, no, no, I don't care about this demon shit anymore. I just want to save my dad yeah. and get the hell out of here. We got to bring every tool that we have. Um, and eventually, is this where Sam starts drawing shit on the car? Yeah. Or was that? He, yeah, yeah. Uh, he like yeah. locks it up with, de- uh, you know, symbols. Devil's of, traps. Some sort of devil yeah. traps. Uh, and Dean's fucking pissed. <laughs> He's like, what are you drawing? You like, like, off, off, dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is where they just like randomly drive to this town. 
literally see the word sunrise on a set of apartments and decide, <laughs> oh, that's what it means. It's sunrise apartments. That's what she meant. Like, there's got to be like 10 things <laughs> yeah. that name sunrise there are some, in, there are in, some in this town. There are some leaps in logic here, but um, I just wanted to point out, so they, they, they say, hey, of course the demons would hide in there. It's an apartment full of human shields because a demon could be anybody. And Dean's response to this piece of information is, and I could be wrong about this, but I did rewind it to, to, to make sure this is what he said. Uh, Dean goes, this sucks out loud. What, is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that mean? <laughs> what is that phrase, it's man? It sucks out loud, man. All right, Dean. Yeah, all right, cool. <laughs> sure, whatever that means. I feel like means. they've assigned like uh, the in- the comedy intern writers like from 30 Rock to something like flavor some of Dean's uh Well, I mean, they can't let him curse and, yeah. the way they really want him to. So like, he'll be like giving like this really impassioned thing, murder a guy, and be like, well, that friggin' sucks. It's like, well, no, that's not what a person like that would say. You notice they say... They don't do it too much in season one, but they say gank constantly. Like, oh, we ganked yeah, it. Which yeah, is a term that yeah. we used to use in, like, World of Warcraft. Some people use it in video games all the time. But I feel like they start having uh, alternate words for killed. Because I think, I, I assume somebody at the CW is like, guys, you can't say kill so much. You can't be killing <laughs> things all the time. I don't know. It's the only way that exactly. I can explain it. Because <laughs> they come up with these ridiculous terms for killing yeah. things. Yeah. And I'm like, that's one of the words that, you know, you're not writing a novel. You don't need to, like, change up. Every, I, what, I'm not going to get into it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was Literature 101 with Chris. Maybe they were just trying to distance themselves from video games. Like, that would probably... Yeah. <laughs> sure. That um, I, I do like this idea, though, that the, the demons are all hiding in this apartment complex, right? Like, that they, they could literally be anybody. Um, yeah. And it sets this, like, kind of nervous energy about, like, well, they could... they all, I think they even say in the show, like... They all probably know what we look like. Mm-hmm. Like they know what Sam and Dean looks like, but we have no idea it could be anybody in there. And the idea here is they almost get to a really good idea, but instead they just get to a okay idea. <laughs> so their idea is to pull the fire alarm and clear out everybody with the, with the idea of hey, like the demons probably aren't going to run out, so we'll just go inside. The really good idea would have been to set the sprinklers off, but have holy water at that. Oh, like I don't know why they didn't think about that. Like, that's a good idea. Well, I think they don't. Yeah, they this- do that with a fire truck later in season five. It's a fire truck full of holy water. I'm pretty sure that's a thing. Sure, it happens. Yeah. Um, but they do. They sneak in. They steal fireman's uniform. Yeah, and then they yeah they oceans eleven their way into the apartment. (laughs) This is hilarious. I love this so much. The fire truck. And they just like I guess put them on in there. I don't know. But suddenly they just (laughs) I like the way show up in them. The the camera in this where Sam has to sneak around like Dean distracts the fire guy and um Sam like sneaks around the truck and it's like being all creepy. The camera's really, really close in and like he's picking the lock and I'm like, you know, if you zoomed out, Sam would be on like a sunny street yeah, in the yeah. middle of everybody white milling around. The camera pans over like an inch and there's just a firefighter staring at him like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but did they so they go into the apartment dressed as firemen, so they're disguised now. Um, and mm-hmm. also that's their, that's their way in waving their, uh, EMF detector around. And then suddenly it starts beeping off on, on one apartment door. So they realize this is probably where the demons are. They knock on the door and I just, these demons are actually pretty creepy because they're such average mm-hmm. looking people. Um, and they don't go full like overboard with the demonness. Like they're a little bit, uh, well, they're very unnatural, but they don't do any weird flourishes or cool Things. They don't say any plithy one-liners. The second that's, time I've used that's the word really plithy, the thing. Sorry. Is that they're just—they're not—they're not saying one-liners all the time. So right now they're just people with black eyes, and that's kind of creepy. So much creepy. Like they're just doing their thing, uh, and yeah, they really don't say anything, which is that's scarier. That they're all just standing there, and that 
That's all they're doing is they're just guarding this guy. But they're able to go in and like spray them down with holy water. That the, mm-hmm. they at least managed to bless like the water the, canisters that they have, or the fire extinguishers, whatever sure, it is. There, sure, yeah, because uh, they definitely carry that around. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, <laughs> and uh, doesn't matter. I like this scene a lot. They're like they yeah. break in the door and they just immediately handle these yeah. fucking demons. They just like, like wrestle them into the closet. Yeah, which yeah, is amazing. And then pour salt across the door and then done. Yeah, yeah well, considering they've never uh, uh, run into demons before, except like once, like they handle them so well here, which is really surprising. Like the, I remember the first time watching this episode, and I'm like, how, how in the world are they ever going to get John out of this situation? Well, they're on a mission. That's the thing is, despite the fact that they're rookies at this, they, they don't have the established fear of demons that they'll gain later from having dealt with them for so long. Uh, mm. Sure, they don't have the experience, but they don't really have the fear either. Um, and they're just so determined to save John at this point that I think that they're able to just go in and get shit done. This is like the most focused the boys have been so far. So they, they, they lock these two demons in the closet, pour salt to it, and then uh, find John tied spread eagle to the um, bed in this shitty apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, for a moment, they think he's dead, but he's alive. He's just been drugged and, and very, very weak. Uh, despite that, um, he, they manage to like kind of get him up and, and, and wake him up. The camera goes back outside to where like a crowd has gathered, and we see people start to get taken over by mm-hmm. demons. Yeah. And, um, I think it's a it's some rando guy and then another fireman. Yeah. Both get taken over by demons and start walking like stiffly and unnaturally back up to that hotel room. Um, also, one of the boys checks is, to make sure that John isn't possessed. I think they splash. Yeah, they throw some holy they water. And this is like yeah, the yeah, first seed of distrust that they think, oh, we're actually not safe from this either. Mm-hmm. So, I, I like this. The demons come up and they break in, and like they, the boys realize what's happening. They're going down. The, they, so they go down the fire escape. John, even though that he's been like drugged and beaten and like asleep, basically <laughs> is like still manages to get down a fire escape. Which like fucking John Winchester, man, he's a superhero at this point. Unfortunately, once they get down at the bottom of the fire escape, uh, there's a there's another silent but deadly. Our, yeah, it's silent but deadly. This is SBD from the last episode. Uh, he promptly telepathically throws. I think he's saying telepathically. I don't know why. Like he just tosses Santine into a car and then starts just beating the shit out of him. Yeah. It's like he's really taken out like some some angst on him. I'm not really sure. It's very violent, and it's just so consistent. Like, you don't get this kind of violence except for in really, really big moments. And it's usually, spoilers, it's usually the boys, like, taking their, something out on somebody else. Um, it's a big, mm-hmm. you know, climactic moment for Sam to beat somebody up or Dean to beat somebody up. But this is, like, an enemy thing, just, like, stone face just beating the bag out of Sam on the ground. Yeah, and uh, if what happens next doesn't happen, pretty sure he would just kill Sam by punching him in the face to mm-hmm. death, which I can't think of a whole lot of oh, ways yeah. I'd rather not die. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very, very brutal. And, and sure enough, like, it, all of a sudden from off, from, you know, off camera... We see the demon get the dean. Then we see the demon get shot, and he starts fizzling out, just like we saw with the vampire yeah. a few episodes ago. And it, the camera pans over, and Dean's holding the Colt, which he has decided to bring with him after all. Which is the second. Very so quickly, now that means there's only one bullet left, right? Two, I don't. Two, yes, two left. At this okay. point, there's only one. bullet Yes, left. you're right. You're or right. No, two you're left. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's an interesting shot that the camera kind of zooms in or, or pans in on the dead demon with the hole in his head, lying on the pavement, uh, while the boys and John kind of like huddle together and like get a move on. They like pull each other up and start walking uh, while they're just in the background doing that. And the camera is just focused right up front on the dead demon there. Uh, Mm -hmm. And it kind of leads into the next scene or it comes up shortly after this. 
or Dean starts to wrestle with the fact that he just shot that thing in the head. Uh, and he's like, I know that now that that was a guy in there too. I just killed yeah. a human being by shooting him in the head. Meg was an accident. They had no idea. She was thrown out of a building. All these different things happened, but they never actually, other than Dean smacking her in the face, they're not the ones who shot her. They're not the ones who threw out the window. They just released the Dave on her. Uh, but this is the first time that Dean pulled the trigger and ended a human's life. Um, uh, and there's really no See, way around it. I thought it. Dean was a little fucked up about about both of these, though. Like, I thought Dean was a little fucked up about uh, Meg because it was his decision to exercise. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah, he knows that he didn't hesitate to do either, and that's what starts to, like, mm. stir in him. Like, I think Dean definitely sees himself as a hero. Uh, at least that's part of his persona. Uh, and now he's definitely seeing cracks in his own perception of himself. And I think he even calls, he even uses that word hesitate, right? He's like, I, you know, mm-hmm. both of these, I didn't hesitate to make the decision. I just did it. And like, if that's inside me, like that's scary, like that, that, that's yeah, scary. Yeah, I think he starts deep. to say the yeah. things that I'll do for this family, the lengths I'll go to frighten me. Absolutely. Which is, which is all great. <laughs> like that's really like, good. It's really good. Right and I was, uh, you know, just kind of, I, as I said at the beginning of this show, like I don't particularly like episodic television because they'll have cool lines like that and then never actually follow it up with anything and later they seriously follow up with that kind of stuff like they're they're planting a seed here for a way darker part of dean's character so now they head off to uh wherever they're gonna hide out right well, this is that we we've gotten there, and that's where they have yeah. all this conversation. Mm-hmm. Right um, after this, John Winchester just wanders out of the back where they've kind of got him set up. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, because despite all of their like hotel badges, like they they are hospital badges, they couldn't take him <laughs> to a fucking hotel or hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, but John comes out, and you know they said you know they're both like you can tell the both of the boys are super super nervous because they expect John Winchester to blow the fuck up, but that they used another bullet like they're down to two, yeah. that they brought the gun that they endangered the gun that they've you know worked so hard to get uh instead John's just like super cool about the whole thing and he's like, oh yeah man like whoa like hey man yeah it's fine it's cool man yeah, yeah, you had to, you had to do what you had to do mm-hmm mm-hmm um, Which is just not something he would say, and we know that, just with the little bit of time we've got to spend with him over these last two episodes. And about this point, like we see our lights flickering and our winds starting to pick up, uh, so we know a demon's coming in. Dean, uh, John runs over to a window and tells Sam, like, you know, put salt across all of the all of the entrances and all of the windows, and Sam's like, I've already done it. And John says, go do it again. <laughs> like, you fucking asshole. Yeah, he's like, go check. And then that's when he turns to Dean and tells him to give him the cult, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's where Dean is like, "Oh shit, I know my dad. My dad would have never ever been cool with this. He would have at least like mm-hmm. raged out on me a little bit, or at least told me that like I have a sassy attitude or whatever he said in the last episode. Yeah, <laughs> this crazy new tone or whatever. Um, and then he pulls the Colt and aims it at John. And yeah. there's this standoff of like, "It's Dean. What are you doing? It's me. It's it's what are you doing?" Uh, I, I really like this. Like, this is all very well acted, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not alone in thinking mm-hmm. that this is really, really fun. Yeah, it's no, yeah, this is. And really I actually think the acting is about to get kicked up a notch, but this yep. is where it's when Sam comes in too, and he's like, "Whoa, Teed, buddy, pal, guy, friend, brother, what are you doing, man? Why are you pointing that gun at Dad?" <laughs> uh, and Dean's just like, "That's not our dad." And there's that push and pull of, um, "No, Dean's crazy. John's crazy. Like, don't shoot me. Don't listen to him." Uh, but Sam has come to a point where his relationship with Dean has grown to the point where he, he's, he's going to trust Dean probably over anybody else. It shows how far they've come since episode one. Yeah. That he just, you know, he's willing to, because especially the last episode, they've really been heightening the fact that John and Sam are 100% on the same page and they both want revenge. They want all these things. They're almost morphing into the same person. Um, but 
Sam still listens to Dean. And this is really, really good. I like that the fact that Sam comes in, listens to Dean, sides with Dean, and then over some extended conversation of like, yeah, I think I think John Winchester says, "Well, if it's if you, this is really how you feel, then just like you know, shoot me or whatever." Mm-hmm. And that's when Dean's resolve weakens. He starts lowering the gun, and as soon as he lowers that gun, just all oh, this this demon eyes come out, and they he, they're both so slammed good. back to the wall. Yeah, this is just oh, it's so great. Like he slowly picks his head up and opens his eyes, and he has yellow eyes. And it's like, man, like this, spoilers, like you guys know this, but I definitely fell asleep while watching this episode, so I didn't get to finish rewatching it this past time. But like this scene is burned into my mind because of how many times I've watched this show and this entire, like Jeffrey Dean Morgan gets to pull out every stop and like, they just, they let him loose for this next scene because he's amazing. Nobody can see in those yellow contacts, which is funny, but no, you guys have to, (laughs) you can't know it on your first run through of this show but having seen it more than once uh jeffrey dean morgan nails down the mannerisms of the actor who plays yellow eyes in his like mm-hmm. full form uh like to a t it's insane how different he is and i never realized it until going back to rewatch it i'm like holy shit his mannerisms the way that he speaks the way that his like lips click together he does these weird little things that like elevate yellow eyes um on an acting level above all these other demons, they give him more specific things. And Jeffrey Dean Morgan does it so well. And I never re- realized it. It's like legitimately awesome as a fan of supernatural to yeah. see that yellow eyes, no matter what body he's in, he like, he can't contain himself. He has this like uh, malicious glee about him. It's really, really cool. And he's just like chewing the fucking scenery. Right yeah. Now too. Like he's kind of <laughs> yeah. dancing all over the, like the blocking for this is really fun. The camera's moving around. Like, there's a lot of conversation back and forth. I think Dean at one point is like, can you just like get it done already? Like the exposition doesn't really work for me. And um, I, this is just like Jeffrey Dean Morgan just kills it in this. And he's acting yeah, completely different than John Winchester ever has. And I, it's just so well done. I I know I'm very complimentary in this episode. Like I keep just gushing all over it, but I, I can't help myself, y'all. It's so good. Well, I mean, like this is these are the moments and episodes that I think set this show kind of, you know, up a peg above, you know, normal uh, television like this, like this is, this is the stuff where like, this is what I remember. And this is what I talk about, you know, like with people who know supernatural, like, man, that moment when yellow eyes, he has, he has them now. And like, he starts like making Dean bleed internally. And Dean actually starts like begging uh, his dad to please stop. And like, it's like, this is all just amazing stuff. Well, and before we get to the, to do Dean meet and heard, uh, Sam asked yeah. why, and we kind of get a little bit of an explanation. Mm-hmm. Not all of an explanation, but we get a little bit of an explanation of um, that. You know, all of these, all of these demons. That um, well, number one, this is where we find out that Dean had killed um, the two kids. They killed mm-hmm. Meg yeah. and Silent but Deadly, who were Yellow Eyes, Yellow Eyes family, and the Yellow Eyed Demon to ask Dean, like, "Can you imagine what you would do to me if I murdered your family?" Oh wait, mm-hmm. I did. Like I literally, did. that's yeah. the line delivery. Like that's not me being sarcastic. <laughs> you <know>? Yeah, <laughs> really, it's funny. real good. Um, but he says, but he basically says that he's that uh, he's doing he, for the, these kids and Sam like that he has a, a higher purpose for them. Like, yeah. He's trying to, you know, he he killed Jessica and he killed his mom because like he he didn't want him to get distracted from. He yeah, didn't want got, Sam to get distracted from his true plans. So mm-hmm. he got in the way of what what he wanted for Sam. The mom would have led him astray, and uh, he was planning on proposing to Jess. And it's like that's she's not just some random girl that Sam's hanging out with anymore. She will get in the way uh, of what I want for him mm-hmm. so she's got to go too uh and he starts egging sam on too like oh why don't you use your little psychic powers to pull the cult to you uh as if he's like luke skywalker yeah <laughs> like yeah like between this and meg they have like the villain 
the villainy that this show is just ratcheting out right now is like these are these are the kinds of villains I want in my TV show where yeah. they're really having fun being better than the good guys. <laughs> Sam's uh, resisting against it as much as he too, can. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. It's exactly like that. Um, this is where the yellow demon starts. Like it looks like he's crushing Dean's heart like up mm-hmm. through his chest. Like he's trying to like, yeah. grab it with his mind and like pull it through his skin without breaking the skin. Like pull- it looks gross as hell. Like he starts bleeding. Dean is screaming out loud, like begging him to stop. Sam's going kind of crazy. He's trying to like you know force pull the the gun to him, and that shit's not working. And uh, all of a sudden, the, the, the yellow eyed demon's eyes clear, and it's Jeffrey Dean Morgan there. Like it's mm-hmm. it's John Winchester again. Such an awesome moment. Oh man, it's so good, and it's such a good it's, acting moment too. Where it's just on within the same scene, he's, yeah. he's playing a different character now. And like, and not just switching between characters, but switching into such an emotional state as that other character. Like in the same shot, is so like man. Yeah. But when he switches back to John, he um, the telepathic or whatever, like whatever is holding Dean, excuse me, Sam to the the wall goes away. So Sam slumps down to the ground, grabs the gun, and then aims it at John Winchester. By this point, the yellow-eyed demon is back in control and says, hey, if you kill me, you're going to kill Dad. Sam says, I know, and then shoots him in the fucking leg, because... Oh, man. I, I didn't like this. That I, I know happened. we have to. I know we... Okay, go ahead before it happens. Yeah, before that, before he actually pulls the trigger, because, yes, yellow-eyes resurfaces, but then... Doesn't John come back out? He's like, look, I'm holding it in as much yeah. as I can. You need to shoot me now. Yeah. It's right just, uh, John, yeah. John is screaming, God damn it, Sammy. I think he says, God damn it. That's what I wrote down. I don't know if he actually yells that. But it, to the effect of, God damn it, Sammy, he just keeps saying Sammy over and over again. Like, this is the closest I feel like John and Sam have ever been. He is pleading with his son, like, look at me, son, we can do this together. Sammy, please just kill me. Just shoot this fucking thing. And then it's all over everything that we've been working towards it's over i can go to sleep this demon will be dead we won't have to worry about this anymore but then you got dean there just saying no it isn't worth it it's it's not not none of this will ever be worth it he'll he's i think dean would just be fine with the last 20 years being wasted if it meant that they could walk forward now and mm-hmm. make another 20 mm-hmm. years altogether. uh and sam finds a middle ground i guess John, John really. Well, I mean, I think Sam shoots him in the leg, and that's what allows yeah, John. To that's yeah, the that's, that's what it was. Yeah, I and had then, the order. And then, and then and while he's like hanging on the ground, he's like, "Oh, I'm, I've got control. You need to shoot me, and all that stuff." Um, Sam chooses not to shoot him, and then like the demon just gets just leaves John's body. Like we mm-hmm. see the black smoke and the whole nine. Uh, and then, <laughs> and like I. I know that this had to happen, right? Like this is this is the continuity that they're they're building. But like Sam making the decision to not kill his dad, it's is extremely powerful. Like it's mm-hmm. I mean, it's thematically accurate. Like he's been going through this kind of back and forth on how how much he's committed to it. Is he committed to it as much as John is, or is he kind of listening to Dean as a voice of reason of not sacrificing himself or his family for just to kill this demon? But man, it's just it's so unsatisfying to have Sam shoot his dad in the leg here. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I know yeah. it has to happen that way, but oof. I even remember at the time, like, I know that they're setting us up for a season two, and that's fine, but, oh, man, how great would it be if you just shot the demon, and that was it. That was that was supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> See yeah. you next year. Like, if this was the BBC, you know that would happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. 
but I, I, overall, this this is good. And uh, this next scene, like, it kind of crashes us right into the Impala, where Sam is driving, Dean's in the back seat, and uh, John is in the front seat, and they're kind of arguing over Sam's decision, which is you know mm-hmm. exactly what normal John would do is berate Sam after yeah. a, a huge emotional battle and physical battle with this demon that this all powerful demon basically. But this is this and, is the uh, most rational Sam has been for the last couple episodes, I think. After these yeah. big emotional moments, he well, says it's, we it's, still have one bullet left. We can still. T- take this thing down it didn't have to be life or death right then and there we still have another shot at this thing exactly it was dean's voice of reason in the last Mm -hmm. episode that was finally like it got through to sam and he's like oh no wait you're right i can't i'm i don't need to kill myself and i'm certainly not gonna kill my dad over this like my family is what i have and you know we can still take this thing on but and, then, <laughs> and then, and then, surprise! <laughs> uh, which, guys, this moment might be the most like uh, forget all of Game of Thrones and anything like that. Like, this might be the most shocking thing that I've ever seen in a tele. Like, I could not have guessed this was going to be the end of the episode. And if they ended the episode with just that and then cut out, it would be really cheap. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. so, okay, uh, like an. 18-wheeler plows into the Impala, just utterly crushes this thing, uh, and it just ends in a big bang, and it goes black for a second. And if they had run the credits there, it would have been unsatisfying. Then they come back up, and you hear uh, Bad Moon Rising by Clearwater Revival, and there's a truck driver with demon eyes, and it's like, they just put a hit out on the Winchesters, and this is how they're taking them down. Uh, And the final scene of it, just panning out with that song playing, uh, with just the shot of the three boys and the car with three men in the car just completely for all all we know they look like they're dead Pres- presumed dead right like yeah they're bloody they're like all of them are passed out or or dead like they all have their eyes closed like they're for, for all the world look like they have died which obviously like <clears throat> they're they're not like everybody yeah. listening to this knows that there's 13 more years of sam and dean and john to go around so but i mean like it's not you, like they wake up you, in Westworld or anything yeah, yeah you've but, just taken though like the most major, like uh, for everything else that the boys have gone through, there has been one, con- and this actually comes up again. Like uh, even the writers of the show, like the Impala, is one of the most important. Like everybody's like, oh, the maybe the city was a character, but no, like the Impala really is a character in the show. And without knowing it, they have endeared you to this thing in the show, and then they utterly destroy it in the last moments. And like I don't, it felt so powerful to me like i hadn't realized like like at the end of this i'm like okay they're all alive they have the gun they're in the impala and they're ready to go as long as they have that it can be okay and it's like no it ends and like i just don't know how it could get worse the impala (laughs) is like the shell of their family it is what makes them a family Mm -hmm. uh if there's a symbol to represent the winchester family it is the impala and yeah it's just been completely bashed into bits imagine having to wait six months or however long it is for season two i couldn't thank god i had the dvd sitting next to me i'm like well i know what i'm doing for the next four hours <laughs> i mean i there's no other cliffhanger maybe after season three the cliffhanger season pretty, three is a pretty good cliffhanger. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah this is just what a way to end the season and part of me wants to say it's cheap that they just well, they the gotcha moment um but it, it plays a big part into what happens, and it's just, it, it certainly get, gets you to watch season two. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, like <laughs> literally last night I finished this and it was I finished this episode and finished my notes on it and then was like, oh, whatever. My wife was like, we're definitely watching season two now, right? Like that's gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> we can't just leave it at that. Yeah, this was this was this was super good. Like I I I, I can't imagine. I like I love the fact that they ended this on a big cliffhanger. I usually don't like cliffhangers mm-hmm. like this very much, but like they were probably already committed to a season two at this point. Mm-hmm. So like, and the way that season two picks this up and runs with it is very very good. Like it does a it picks it up almost immediately after, but a completely different change in tone, and it's it's really really nice. Well, like, also like I mean, as far as like story stuff goes, weird. Like we've got a lot of you know not resolution, but a lot of satisfying stuff. Like we've killed the major bad guy of this season, which was Meg. Like that was our constant mm-hmm. villain through all of this. And they set her up really well and they, they kill her, they kill the other dude. And they had a really extended scene with our new big bad and set up the next leg of the story. Like Sam's like, we have the cult now. Now we can go find him. Like they're, they're setting up the next part of the story. And then they're like, okay, you know, so it's not entirely unsatisfying. We've had resolution. I feel like a lesser show would just be, oh, you didn't get to see, they didn't get to him. They almost had him, you know, like I felt like this is handled really, really well. Well, let's, let's go around the room and, and, and close the episode out. Chris, mm. g- give me, give me your opinions on these two. And then, um, and then maybe the season as a whole too, maybe, or maybe we yeah. can come back and do that. I'm not sure, quite sure how we can Since, do that, but yeah, let's, let's give, give me your opinion on these okay. two and then we'll come back for the season one wrapper. These two episodes hone in so specifically on the story of supernatural it ditches the episodic stuff that we've been dealing the monster of the week stuff feels like that's a thing of the past and of course it's not it comes back time and again uh, and those are really great episodes but the 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 main story of supernatural is here and i guess it doesn't feel cheap because we're able to watch it continuously now um but it doesn't feel like this is the end of something it's just like this is this is the end of one chapter and the next chapter is about to begin. Uh, I think that these two episodes are just, they're so honed in on what's happening. And at this point, it feels like the writers know what's coming next. They know what season two is going to be. And maybe that's not true, but it feels that way. It feels like it has a clear direction. And, and uh, yeah, I, I think that, of course, it leaves you really wanting more, like really wanting to know more. But I think that the emotional drama and the physical action of everything that happens in these two episodes are uh, incredibly satisfying. Uh, and just, I guess I'm just going to touch on the whole season now. Uh, it, it, it held up so much better than I ever expected it to. I thought that season one was going to be a slog. Uh, when we did our pilot episode, I was worried that I would have to now watch all these episodes and not have fun with it. But that <laughs> immediately that immediately changed. Um, and I think that the payoff in these last two episodes for everything, every argument the boys have had or, or, or question they've had about their dad or this and that and their issues that uh, come up later you know mid-season uh when sam and john have it out it all just leads into these final two episodes and the three roles that these boys all play together in trying to uh keep themselves sane and together as a family while also getting the revenge that they've been after for all these years uh i think that emotionally it pays off super well steven (laughs) Uh, yeah, on the two episodes as a whole, um, yeah, like, I, I love whenever they do, like, the, because next season, they're literally just a part one and two of each other. Like, they feel like two, they just split an episode in half, and I like when these season finales will do that, so, because then it feels like they have a larger story in mind, and you're not getting the episodic thing where they're having to fill out 45 minutes. Um, but something that I really like about these episodes where they really deal with the overarching story is they do so much with them. Like they 
damage the characters in a way. And like, see up until now we've joked about how like Sam and Dean, like they'll get, and this will continue to happen. They'll get possessed or something will replicate them. And then they will say things that the character is probably thinking, but doesn't have the guts at that point or hasn't developed to that point to actually say out loud to the other person, how they're really feeling or the things that they're struggling with. And this is the episode. This is an episode where Dean and Sam, they just have it out with each other and they have, you know, they're saying what they actually feel, you know? Um, and I, it, they have now crossed a line that they can't go back now where, you know, Sam is, we know Sam is willing to uh, throw himself into danger. We know that Dean is willing to do anything to keep this family together, that this is all just an act. He's really holding it together. And it, so it makes it nice to come back to the episodic monster of the week episodes where it's like, okay, they can have just fun as the boys again, but then they're always going to bring back up this underlying damage that they have wrought in these episodes that I think is really fun that they pepper throughout and continue to do. There's a, um, there's a, I think one of the reasons that I like the Venture Brothers cartoon so much is that, um, like very early on, you realize that 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 cartoon is not structured around anybody winning anything. It's about everybody being just absolutely terrible and miserable people (laughs) and getting worse. And I I think that's, that, that can work in, in this show as well. Like Dean and Sam aren't going to be any happier than they are now. Like arguably just like a, a dark source, one NPC character, like Sam is the happiest when literally nobody has talked to him. And like, this, the next five seasons specifically, like they are going to strip away so much of these boys' humanity, sometimes literally, sometimes <laughs> figuratively. Like they're going to, you know, they're going to go through trial after trial after trial. They're going to lose people, and but this season as a whole, it's specifically these last two episodes, really showed that at its core, the show is about family. And in the absence of, I guess, in the absence of John Winchester, him being gone for most of the season, we see that develop strictly between Dean and Sam. So by the time this episode ends with this kind of family crisis, not only are we completely invested as these two characters, in these two characters, we're invested in them as a family mm-hmm. unit, which I think is is really really important for the rest of the series. Like you get a sense that these are people that you know that they would literally do anything for one another. And like, you know, you can't pick family. Like all you can do is love and hope and, and hope that they're okay. But like these two boys have really committed to that job. And I, I think it's, it's, it's just extraordinarily well done, yeah. especially in season one. Like the the fact that they wrote this over 22 episodes and included stuff like some misfires, like the racist truck, but also like some weird bloody Mary business and like still made all this happen. Yeah. is kind of, impressive. yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't have much like theater experience. Like I did some little theater shit as a kid, but like, I've always been impressed with TV shows just existing. Like how do they possibly make this happen? And when they're good like this and when you can survive, you know, when a show like this can, can work over 22 episodes with probably you think 10 different writers, at least like there are probably in a writer's room, 10, 15, not to mention all of the various like moving parts to this thing of cinematography mm-hmm. and makeup and hair and acting and all this stuff. Like the fact that this came out thematically sound at the end is just mind-boggling to yeah. me yeah. and it's super impressive and instantly hooked me like i just looked it up there was a this episode aired on may 4th 2006 and season two started on september 28th 2006 and this this already feels like the longest five months of my life that I, <laughs> I was so excited for season two to show up like i just could not wait to find out what happened to these boys it was it was rough watching this as it came on i can I'll imagine <laughs> I think I think what helps with that is that like even though they have those duds for episodes, something that we kept saying that is even though this episode sucks, watching the boys do their thing is still fun. 
And I think it's because they they nailed the characters. Like they um and it's crazy to think that they almost that the actors almost played the other character when yeah. the show first started. Uh yeah. which yeah. The, I think would have been a serious mistake. Um and like the I think Sam and Dean, like there's a reason that there's, you know, uh it, even though, you know, it gets poked fun at here and there, but like there's a reason that the fan base has latched on to Sam and Dean and then, you know, the extension, you know, Bobby and Castiel and, and Crowley and all that stuff that comes later, like that's the these two characters I think are so well realized between the writers and the actors that they're they're really something special in in a, in a world where TV is like oversaturated with admittedly pretty good content and sometimes very good content I think these two characters stand out among some of the best uh, just yeah. because of that relationship between the actors writers and then with the fans like it's all so open and it's willing to form around itself for the betterment of the whole, I think. It's disappointing how easily dismissed the show is and these characters mm-hmm. are. Uh, and I know a lot of you know people I know in my life, they have just seen too many things on Tumblr, they've seen too many GIFs that have, uh, or GIFs, for Jeremy, uh, if they've, uh, that they're just annoyed by. That literally does <laughs> um, They're just so, people are just put off by the show because they have an idea of what it is. And, and it's CW television. This yeah. isn't HBO. This isn't something, but you, you hit on something there with this. Sam and Dean are, are they stand out for a reason. They have this fandom for a reason. There are reasons that people who weren't even born when this show was started airing are, are now getting into it. And there's a reason that people like my dad, who are, you know, he's 60 years old and he still watches Supernatural uh, because there is something really good there, you know, for mm-hmm. lack of a better word. There's something really good mm-hmm. there. There's something really strong there. And it, it does suck that, um, you know, there are plenty of shows that people are like, oh, no, like, you know, I'm not really interested in the show, but. Supernatural seems to be one that people are like, no, that show sucks, even though they've never seen it. People that I respect, people you know that I like in my real life and on the internet, who just openly just dismiss it. It's a joke to them, uh, and that that is a little bit unfortunate. Like I'm not like I'm acting all serious, I'm not I'm not like legitimately <laughs> butter, but it's just like it doesn't well, like, show it. We do that because right? <laughs> I, I watched I watched the show so many times with so many different people because I was like, you know, no, no, you don't understand the first few episodes they're not good but you'll get there you'll understand it and every single person that i showed this show to was able to see it the way that we all see it now we're all doing a podcast about it and i got into supernatural at a point in my life where i was like you know i was in high school but i finished up high school uh, and i was going to college and i was away from all my friends and i was just bummed out all the time as somebody who's you know 18 19 tends to be or that was just me i guess um, <laughs> and i really attached to supernatural because it's you know one of those formulaic shows you, you you get a certain resolution from every episode and uh I was so into it in a way that I've never really actually been into any other show before or since. And then I stopped watching it and I kind of moved on with my life. Now coming back and talking to you two guys about this, I think I like Supernatural more than I did back then. Uh, Being able to like really get into it and just like chop it up. Uh, and especially with, you know, I have the nostalgic love from the past, but now being able to talk to you guys about it, it's, it's like opened my eyes even more. Like this is a really great show. Um, no, it's not uh, an Emmy award-winning show, but it's, <laughs> it's special. And I think that uh, people, people talk about the X-Files and they talk about Buffy as these cult classics. Uh, and this goes back to my point with like, people, but they'll dismiss Supernatural. And I think it is because it's two uh, male hunks and then like, no, we're not interested. Uh, that's stupid. Um, well, but- also, I mean, X-Files, X-Files and Buffy, they're done now and they're in the past. And so yeah. that, I think when a thing is finished and then... Get, you get some time separated from it, then it can become appreciated for what it really is. Mm-hmm. 
And Supernatural is still super, like, it's still going very, very strong. Like, it hasn't reached that point yet. After season 13, it'll be 280 episodes. That's ridiculous. Episodes, which is almost like a ridiculous number to ask anybody. <laughs> and they're all, like, 45 minutes long. So, like, that's a ridiculous mm-hmm. amount of time to, to put in. And, I, and I, I think you're right, Chris. Like, it, it's kind of a bummer sometimes because I've been, obviously, promoting this show and the, the podcast to people and saying, like, and I, I get that feedback as well of, like, man, Supernatural doesn't really seem like anything that I would be into. And I'm like, well, man, like, just, like, you'll watch literally anything. You're watching all kinds of garbage. <laughs> exactly, like, just try yeah. this. Like, it's... There's a reason that it's been on for 13 years, and it's not just because of the of Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something that's interesting there. There's like the communities that we're a part of. It's you know like a, a nerd video game group that we've got going on. And everybody's so awesome, and so many. Like, this is up everybody's alley. I liked. I got into the show because it's like dudes fighting monsters. I'm yeah. like, yeah, that's that sounds sick. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been reading supernatural stuff like my entire life. Right. Like, I mean, I, I've always mm-hmm. been into like you know saving people, hunting things in the family business. That's always been my mind. <laughs> 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 but like you know, growing up on Stephen King and Dean Koontz and weird fantasy novels, like all of that stuff is like you know that's my bread and butter. And like for someone just to kind of offhandedly dismiss this is, is kind of frustrating. But at the same time, like I also realize that people just don't want to put a time into, into a yeah. show like this, which is which is also okay. Um, I ca- I just want to say uh, I cannot wait for to get into covering season two. I'm yep. very glad. Like we'll probably <laughs> I, I know we're I, I just can't wait. <laughs> like it's gonna be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like we were talking about this kind of before recording, like the this show, like this first season was way better than we remember. Season two jumps so far in its quality immediately. You're like right off the bat, the first episode of season two is like I think maybe better than any episode in season one. Like I would have to say, like the stuff it deals with, it immediately like gets real on another level and starts like really like following through on the promises that season one makes. Like a lot yep. of the issues and stuff that are brought up, like season two, right out the gate, is like, hey, we're going, we're not going to just set up those things and then leave them out in the ether and you know until we need to pull them back out because we don't have ideas for an episode. No, we're going to deal with some of this stuff right away. I think season two, especially like season one, it's it's got some stinkers. And um, not as bad as I remembered, but, you know, the pilot and Wendigo, they're not really that great. The pilot's okay. Wendigo's kind of a stinker. I didn't like bugs. I've grown on them a little bit more. A lot of these, I just was like, eh, no, I'm good. Especially the racist truck episode. I just punched my <laughs> mic. Excuse me, everybody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I can't think of a single bad episode in season two. There's some in season three that I'm not a huge fan of. But season two mm-hmm. is like like super solid all the way through. Yeah, I was reading through the episodes descriptions just right before that we started the podcast and like going like, oh yeah, oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. like getting real excited about it. So that's, that's all really, really good stuff. I think I, um, I guess we should probably wrap this up yeah. and then, uh, immediately go watch season two yeah. so we can start recording <laughs> episodes about season two. Um, once again, uh, I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you for, you know, coming along on this journey with us. We really appreciate it. We hope that you're just as excited as we are to get into season two. Um, as I've mentioned several times before, I want to keep hammering on this. We're, uh, we're going to do a feedback episode. We're going to cover a bunch of extra material from the Blu-rays and any other kind of random stuff. If you guys think that there's something that we need to watch that's related to season one specifically, uh, send it to us. You can do that at monster of the week podcast at gmail.com. You can also send in questions or prompts or who's your favorite ship. Like just send in anything about supernatural. We'll read it and answer it on the yep. air. I promise. Um, that's coming soon. So like, that'll be coming out hopefully a week after this. Maybe it just kind of depends on, on what the scheduling works out. Uh, we might take a little bit of a break before we start season two. It just kind of depends on what happens. 
Um, secondly, I'd very much like to thank uh, Chris and Steven for, for doing this with me. Like, this was an idea that the three of us kind of came to naturally on Twitter that we kind of kicked around and like let, let, let live for a couple of months. And then someone came up with a name and we're like, Oh shit, that's the name we got to do it. Yeah. Now. So thank you to you guys. I think, for, I, think uh, I, I think I heard Chris make fun of Sam in an episode of Chom Chain. I'm like, yo. Yeah. I, we know we, we jokingly, <laughs> I jokingly said that I would do uh, I would do a podcast covering every single episode of supernatural, like one episode per episode. Um, and, God, Susan off, and then Steven, you, you tweeted at me and you're like, yo dude, uh, I'll do that. And then Jeremy, you're like, yeah, man. And then we let it die, like you said, for so many months. And then it came back. It kept popping back up. And once we had the stupid Monster of the Week name, we're like, fuck, that's a good name. It's <laughs> oh, good, so good. God damn it. Finding out, figuring out the name and then looking it up and realizing nobody had taken it was my idea. was my thing. It was not my idea, but it was like, that was my moment of, of like, oh yeah, okay, well, if no one's done it. We yeah, have to. Yeah. <laughs> the burden just fell upon our shoulders. It's our, it's our gift. So thank you to the, to the, to the both of y'all. Um, thank you again to all the listeners. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, you can hit us at MOTWcast. We're also on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, and probably other places that I don't know about here. Chris, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at local bones on Twitter. I do the chomp chain podcast and I do Shonen chomp, which is, uh, also a podcast. <laughs> Steven, where can people find you on the internet? I am at FromSoft Junkie, and I also do the podcast platforms. Excellent. You can find me at JG Career on Twitter. I do several other podcasts about Dark Souls and X-Men. Just hit up that Twitter for all of those feeds. Thank you again for listening, and we'll be back soon with our feedback episode. It's so intense. I was like, oh, man. He's just so unbelievably pissed at how shitty Sam's hair is in that episode. <laughs> I tried to, uh, last <laughs> night, take a picture. I had my hair, like, my, I always brush my hair back, and I had it just, like, down over my face. I just showered and all that. And I tried to take a picture to send to you guys to look like Sam. And I was going to say, like, my face, uh, when you have a mind of your own and something like that. I don't know. It was just some <laughs> stupid thing. But just no matter how I tried, like, I, I couldn't get it to look as bad as his hair does. You also <laughs> realized you were naked in all of No, I put pictures. my clothes on. All right, guys? I, put yeah, I put my clothes back on once I started dressing up like Sam Winchester. That's a thing that I did. I put, I put my jacket on. It looked but it didn't put had nothing else below the waist. <laughs> That's like my, my profile picture that's on Twitter and Facebook. I'm definitely not wearing pants in that picture. <laughs> oh, good. good. That's great. I'm wearing some like pretty sweet armor in my new profile picture. I saw that. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I just like I just made that like by myself. Like no one made that for me. There was no prompt to make that. I just that's made like- it. <laughs> But like, I don't know that I've you seen treat it, it like. Do you have a new profile picture? I haven't. Oh, oh, this is yeah. the same one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's like uh, it's like those girls that like take selfies. They're like, oh, when when he takes a picture of me while I'm sleeping. You're like, man, when people send in fan mail of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just said, oh yeah, so this fan made this for me. Uh, did I ever tell you guys uh, some? I maybe said it on the Chom Chain once, but like some kid, like he was like 15. Well, this happened twice. So this, this one kid just drew a picture of me Whoa. and then like sent it to me on Instagram. And he was like, Hey man, like I drew you. And it's just like a portrait of me. And it's like really bad. But like at the same time, I was like, I mean, he was a 15 year old. I, I can't draw that well. Uh, and I was like, thanks. I guess. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, that's like, like, uh, cause I follow all the Funhouse crew on Twitter yeah. and like people are constantly drawing like 
I feel like it's kind of creepy. Like people are when literally they draw just drawing lace. portrait. Yes, <laughs> I'm just like that's so weird. <laughs> we can need to get uh, we need to tap Richard to get him to draw all of us as supernatural characters pretty soon. Please. Oh man, Please. that would be super cool. <laughs> Chris, you want to take us into this? I feel like I've been talking over you a little bit. <laughs> Chris. What? Oh. <laughs> did, I, did I cut out? I didn't, I didn't say shit. No, I said, Chris, do you want to take us into this? I've been talking over you too much, and then you didn't say shit. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. No, I didn't, I didn't hear you say my name, so I just assumed you talked about Steven. Um, hey, real quick, guys. Like, I'm sorry. My he- real quick. My headphones are about to die. I need to change them out real quick. So just one second. Sorry. What kind of fucking amateur uses wireless headphones, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I got rid of cable like a year ago. So. My dad keeps them DVR, and I'm like, no, dad's cool, you can delete it. I'm like, I'm not gonna come, I'm like, I'm, I know you want me to come watch them with you. But it's just not gonna happen. 